The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your hosts Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy, Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the last few nights of the Kazuna Road Tour, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and the network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving us a rating and review. You can get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. A lot of great Puro content up on that site. Again, that's purezuroad.com. Check those guys out. You can also follow them on Twitter. A lot of great stuff on that site. Also, just want to thank everybody for you know checking our show out. Our Dominion review is still getting lots of downloads. Really? Uh, yeah. So... I haven't even checked it out. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people continuing to check, keeping it strong style out, and you've been checking those numbers out, huh, Jeremy? Dude, I'm on the numbers like every day. Mark for yourself, <laughs> dude. I am a mark for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh man, but no, seriously, guys, thank you for uh, listening to us ramble about you know the greatest pro wrestling on earth today. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, make sure you guys are giving us that rating interview that really helps us out in the algorithm and with Apple Podcasts and helps us recommend our podcast to other people. So keep giving those ratings and reviews. Um, yeah, and like. Share us with people and tell people. You, you wouldn't believe how many times I see people like post stuff where they're like, "Yeah, I didn't know that there's any New Japan Pro Wrestling like podcast." And I'm like, "We're here every single week, week every Tuesday here with, on the Social the Soup Let's Podcast Network. We're like, here. We're so freaking funny. We're very good looking. Like, <laughs> we're the hottest takes. Like this show's great. All right, so let's get things. Also. The young boy's trying to grow a beard. I saw that Oka's growing a beard out. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to grow a beard out. And it's been, I don't know, like a month, no shave. And it is looking scraggly. I'm going to give it like three to four months just to see what it what it looks like. And yeah, it, you got you to be patient, man. You can't just... If it, if it doesn't look good, then I'm just going to call it quits and just, you know, accept my James Franco slash Keanu Reeves like <laughs> destiny of never being able to grow a good beard. But uh, we will see. We will see. Um, see people, people checking out our show. I guess we should do it right now. Um, Super J Cast. Oh yeah. So I was gonna shave. 
shave. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to save that for later in the in the show, but yeah, absolutely. So last week we were, you know, we listened to other podcasts, obviously. Um, I think Jeremy listens more than I do. Like, you have a huge rotation. Yeah, dude. Shows. I got, I'm listening to everything pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we listen to Super J Cast because they are one of the best shows that's out there. And, you know, Damon McDonald and, and Joel, you know, they're doing Super J Cast, but Damon goes back to the PuroCast. PuroCast days, been in the game three, four years now. I mean, you know, you got to get give your hats off to him. Plus, like, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I like to see what we say, and then I like to see what they say. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, luckily, a lot of times, there's not enough overlay to where our show's... I think by the time we record, we don't even hear there's most... Of the, that's like 90% right. of the time. Right, yeah. Um, so it's interesting, because there's a lot of things we don't agree on, but there's a lot of things where I'm like... Man, like our opinions are very similar, you know. <laughs> but um, last week they were talking about different shows that uh, they listened to, and uh, you know how there's a million New Japan podcasts like popping up all around, you know, the internet uh, because the the product's so hot. Luckily, like me and Jeremy, we decided we, like, we jumped December, on at the right time. Yeah, there was not much going on, and then all of a sudden things just started popping off. It ever since like Omega and and uh, Jericho, I would say. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, last week, like, Dan McDonald gave us a little shout-out. Yeah, that was awesome, man. A little a little mini version he, of the uh, what they like to call the Kevin Kelly shout-out. <laughs> he put us over, man. He gave us the rub. Yeah. So, um, those guys put on a great show. I, I'm a big fan. Uh, don't always agree with all the takes. I'm sure that it's the same way. But, I mean, if as far as, like, a great podcast covering New Japan, they're one of the best. I think we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're we are the ace. But um, no, they're they're really, 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 really good. And I mean, they should be because Joel, or I'm sorry, Damon's been doing it for a while. Joel is newer, but I mean, for someone who, well, he's been po- he's been, been podcasting, po- but yeah. newer to New Japan. Yeah, and I mean, they they do a great job. Yeah, so, I mean, that was really cool. I mean, I didn't expect it even a little bit. I know it's just weird, like listening to Super Jcast and you hear keeping a strong style. Like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah bro, I was at work. <laughs> I was at work and it was really slow and I was listening to that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it was cool because obviously, and we're not going to shy away from the truth. We're one of the smaller podcasts that are out on the on the wave. We expect this thing to grow. To, it has been growing and yeah, we expect I mean, it to blow yeah. up. But I mean, I mean, what were the, some of the other podcasts they're naming? Like, I mean, a lot of the voices of wrestling stuff that's on that they're network. They're like other big ones that they listen yeah. to, like Observer and... Flagship, and flagship, and there were some other ones. I don't. I, you would know better than me. I don't. Yeah, a lot of the ones they named were on the Voices of Wrestling. Yeah, like Omakase. Yeah, and yeah. But they named other stuff too, and then they gave a little, a little, a little treat to us, a, 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 a little <laughs> mention, a little taste, a little taste. So that was cool, and um, you know. Uh, I was listening to their show today. So this is one of those few weeks where they actually dropped their show early, which was weird. Yeah. But uh, they mentioned, um, you know, G1's coming up. It's time to uh, do some collab. Hey, Damon, Joel, you guys know where to find you us. Know, yeah, you know where to find us. They, they followed us back on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. I don't know anything. About <laughs> I, I really don't know anything about our Twitter, so I don't know what goes on. <laughs> so if, you yeah. guys are, if you guys are talking to someone on Twitter, it's it's Jeremy. <laughs> um, but that's cool. Were they not following us before? Nah, uh, they were they were big leaguing us. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, that's cool. So yeah, thanks guys, and uh, that's really cool. 
All right, let's uh, jump into something a little bit uh, kind of somber. Oh, my gosh. So uh, last week we got the news. Yeah, I've been down all weekend. I think this is part of the reason why. Yeah, from uh, about Big Van Vader. Uh, this came from his Twitter account. His son tweeted this out. He said, it's with a heavy heart to inform that my fa- to inform everyone that my father, Leon White, passed away on Monday night, June 18th at approximately 7.25 p.m. Yeah, so this was um, something that was very, uh, I don't know. I, I don't like for me, I would I would say devastating to a degree. Um, I actually saw something where uh, Jeremy Tate uh, of Grown Men Watch This <laughs> um, but one of one of our co-hosts on, on the Wrestling Squared Circle, his sentiments, and I, I'm not reading them, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but he said, you know, when, when the no- news broke to him, he was on a, a bus and he started weeping, you know, and he was like, it was such a weird feeling, like to be in a place where uh, a person that you never met, that you didn't know in life, but had such a profound impact on you as a fan of this product, you know, um, for whatever reason, like the, the 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 news of his passing really touched him, and I mean, um, I mean, I haven't been like falling apart in shambles or anything like that, but I will say this: like, I I love Vader, I I really 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 love Vader, and um, this is devastating. Yeah, I mean, like, especially you know, people like our age and older, Vader was a big part of our childhood. Whether oh. whether you were watching. New Japan, WCW, WWF, like, everybody knew Vader. Heck, if you were watching the Disney Channel and watching Boy Meets World, you you know who Vader was. Yeah, that is crazy, like, how many times he was on, like, Boy Meets World. And I always thought that was, like, very interesting, (laughs) like, that whole crossover uh, with that. Like, he was kind of in, like, the, I don't know, like, the mind's eye of, like, kids our age, you know, growing Mm -hmm. up in that time frame. Whether Even if you weren't like a wrestling fan like you said if you watched Boy Meets World you knew who Van Vader was yeah it's like a crazy thought dude and like I've gone through over the years my appreciation for Vader has grown because as a kid I think everyone's main thing with him is either awe or just fear like yeah Vader's one of the scariest like individuals that ever got in the ring like I he's someone like I legit like it wasn't like Papa Shango fear like oh he but it was more like he's a monster. Like if if I came in his presence he would like eat me. Yeah, like he's a monster. <laughs> he will dude. destroy me. Um so I mean that's always been something that stuck with me like his his aura, like his presence, you know what I mean? Yeah. But not just that, but going on to like over the years I've done like these 80s rewatching projects and all and like all that and over the years like I'm like when I get to 80 like between 86 and 89 there's so much Vader stuff out there I'm like and watching Vader when he was young I'm like oh my god this guy was amazing like yeah. watching him in like Germany watching him in the AWA watching him in, in New Japan and the shoot stuff and all that like I, I I'm really de- like I'm blown yeah I mean this guy just accomplished so much um, in the wrestling business, this guy was like wrestling all over the world in U.S., Japan, Mexico, and Europe. Yeah. I mean, if you check out uh, the Wrestling Observer, they have a great write-up on like all about Vader and his history and all of his accolades and all stuff that he's won in his career. Man, it's just incredible to go back and just read 
about his whole career and all the stuff that he's done in New Japan. I mean, a lot of guys, if you're new, kind of new to New Japan, you might not realize like the impact that Vader had. Yeah, that was something where, um, you know, we I think we talked about Aries with his um, run this past year, collecting all the belts, and he is like a champion of a major promotion in three different continents. And the only other person I can really compare that to is Vader, but. It's really kind of not the same thing when you're comparing, like, the Australian title that he it holds, the Impact title, and then, um, you know, like, the Defy title or, or what have you. Like, those are great companies and taking nothing away from them, but they don't really hold a candle to the impact of Vader holding a title on three continents because he was holding the titles in the UWA in this which is which was at the time was like maybe the first or the second largest Mexican promotion in the you know in Mexico next right. to CMLL he was holding the uh, CWA title which was the catch wrestling title in Germany yep and then he was holding the IWGP title at the same time right uh, he held the IWGP title three times which yeah is, which is the most of any non-Japanese wrestler in history yeah and he was the first gaijin to win that belt that's why we actually named uh, and, and for my money I still think he's the greatest gaijin in New Japan's history. Um, taking nothing away from the great talent that's been there, but he is—he's the guy that like he was the gaijin that set himself up as like the monster and like the the benchmark for for what it means to be a foreign talent to come into that company. That's why we call our 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 gaijin, big band Vader gaijin of the year award. Yeah, and that's almost a sad thing now because we did that this past year, and I was not thinking like in the next year like Vader be gone. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, his accomplishments go on and on. He was all Japan triple crown, triple crown twice. Um, he was the UWFI champion. Yeah, multiple. He was a three time WCW champion. Yeah, three time WCW champion. He was scheduled to win the WWF championship in '96. Thanks, Sean. Against uh, HBK, but <laughs> Sean nixed that and I went to Psycho Set instead. Which he, Vader was supposed to win it at '96 Survivor Series. Um, but ended up losing to Michaels at uh, the 97 Rumble in uh, San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. 1993, he was the wrestler of the year. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 93 was like a hallmark benchmark year for him. Everything that he did in WCW and UWF at, like, at the same time. Like, yeah. Um, I just, um, when I think about Vader, like, there's so many, like, I don't know, there's just matches that come to mind. Like, what for you, like, I know that you probably haven't seen a lot of the catalog of his New Japan stuff, but, like, for the listeners out there, like, what matches kind of stick out to you, moments? and uh, uh, Well, something I was just watching um, today before we recorded, it's actually the free match of the week on New Japan World. Oh, you watched that? The Vader oh, it's crazy, versus right? uh, Stan Hansen. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a super show, actually. It was New Japan versus uh, All Japan, which, like, almost never happened. And mm-hmm. so the, the basically the, the whole deal there is Stan Hansen being the biggest, most well-known gaijin in Japan, but representing All Japan, coming over to take on the young guy. Right. And, bro, tell us about that match. What do you think? Dude, I mean, you want to talk about strong <laughs> style, bro? Oh my gosh! Let's, the strikes, the um, like you saw the eye pop out, right? Oh yeah, the eye popping out and like 
pretty much like putting it back in his eye. Like, no, he did. Yeah. He did. He had literally physically his eye popped out of his skull. And put it back and in. He put it back in. And if if his eye hadn't swollen shut to hold, he had like his orbital bone was broken. Yeah. He had nothing to hold his eyeball in his head and just the swelling held it in. Yeah, dude. It was it's... like nuts. And if he hadn't have done it, maybe a, a, a few moments sooner, he wouldn't have been able to get the eye back. He could have lost his eye. Dude, that would have been crazy. And, you know, and I've seen, um, there's been a lot of clips. I mean, with his passing, there's been a lot of stuff flying around on Twitter, on Facebook. So I've seen a lot of clips of him in, like, Anoki, um, and just just clips of him, more stuff of him in uh, Stan Hansen. Just, there's a lot of clips of him just tossing dudes with crazy suplexes and the lariats and the strikes. You know, obviously, I'm a little bit more familiar with, like, his WWF stuff and, you know, being managed by Jim Cornette and yeah. this kind of the stuff with, like, Shawn Michaels. I mean, you want to talk about... The, the some, Shawn Michaels match is really good. Yeah, and you want to talk about some of, like, the best, like... TV squash matches like <laughs> dude his WWF squash matches were like great I'll tell you what I always thought my as a kid one of my greatest dream matches was y- Yokozuna versus Vader oh yeah and I always did believe I was scared of both of them but I always did believe that Vader could beat up Yokozuna and then like that was kind of true yeah and I was like I don't I was like I don't care how fat Yokozuna is <laughs> like he's not as scary as Vader like yeah. Vader will come in and, and murk this kid yeah and um also, the the scene with uh, Vader and Ken Shamrock has been flying a lot. Ooh, where, ooh. Where, uh, oh, that's Vader, from King of the Ring. Yeah, and like Vader's telling Shamrock to like ease up a little bit, but Shamrock's going harder, and then Vader's just like, bow. Vader's one of the only guys that could uh, work that style with Ken when Ken first came in because yeah. Ken was just so crazy stiff. Um, yeah, that's actually a great match. I I remember I did a. Ken Shamrock rewatching project a few years ago. <laughs> and yeah, that was one of the few matches that sticks out. Uh, there's very few guys that could work with Ken and bring him to a passable match, but Vader was one of those guys. And I mean, that's a stiff match. Um, I, For me, like one thing, like someone mentioned to me, they mentioned the uh, Flair match at Starcade 93. Yeah, that's another great one. And I was like, oh, like they said that. And all of a sudden, like my, my stomach like kind of dropped and I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch that match. Because <laughs> I don't know if it was on this podcast, but I think I've said it maybe on this podcast before, but I've said it to you in general. Like, I already get emotional about Starcade 93. I don't know why. I just always have, like, that that uh, that whole thing where where Rick was going to put his, his uh, career on the line and he's facing this 400-pound monster who's unbeatable. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way he's beating him. And I like, and then to see him come back and actually like win has always been very emotional for me, like more emotional than his retirement for whatever reason. But now that Vader is gone, I'm like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like WrestleMania seven. I have a real, I, I can't really watch WrestleMania seven because Sherry's gone. Elizabeth's gone. Um, Warrior's gone. Macho Man's gone. I don't think I can, like, I haven't watched that match since Warrior died. Yeah. And so, like, that that's an emotional match for me. Some of the stuff, um, like, on the, on the Eastern side that I think is definitely worth checking out. Well, you, I think they're about to upload this to the network, which thank God, but they're up. They're about to upload his matches in AWA with uh, Stan Hansen when he was uh, Leon White slash I, he might have been Bull Power. I can't remember. Gotcha. Um, and his match with Bruiser Brody. 
like two big two of the best big men ever who taught him how to work that style and like kind of broke him into the business um if you want you can also go online it's easy to find this stuff because there's very little copyright uh his 89 and 1990 matches with uh Otto Vons from CWA just brutal 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 and then going into like Japan um stuff that sticks out to me well him and Inoki the first match they ever had um they they rioted yeah that's what they like they lit the pillow like, pills pills on fire and we're like yeah they're in sumo them. hall and they yeah. lit the fire because and there, there's more to the story but i mean long story short he squashed inoki in like six minutes and inoki hadn't jobbed in like five or six years it's kind of like someone coming in and squashing hogan or kali at, or i'm sorry, <laughs> hogan or like uh cena at yeah. the top of their reins like just that i'd be like somebody now coming in and squashing brock Kinda, yeah, kinda. Except for more like a a good guy superhero babyface who doesn't put people over. Or so, right. And he he squashed him like it was nothing. And there was more to it than just that. But like, there's reasons beyond just the fact. It wasn't that the people were upset just because I know he lost. They're upset about the general nature of the booking of the card in general. But still, it's this moment where this guy comes into Japan, blows up. They like the the people literally rioted. I mean, it's Japan, bro. Yeah. Like, when when is the last time you heard of a riot in Japan? Yeah. And they got kicked out of that arena for like two a years. A long time. Yeah, yeah. He had an amazing uh, tag team with Bam Bam Bigelow uh, in the '90s. They were the IWGP Tag Team Champions. They were they had great matches with the Steiner Brothers. Dude, can you think of a more scarier tag team than <sighs> Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow? Two of the most agile two, big d- men. Two guys that can moonsault with their size. They uh, they had matches with Hase and Mudo and Hase and Sasuke that were just great, great, great. They, they their title reign was legendary. Um, and then his matches with. Oh, his 89 match with Hashimoto. The very first time they ever uh, headlined the Tokyo Dome. He won the tournament to win the IWGP title against uh, Shinya Hashimoto, who was a rookie. At, well, not rookie, but still young mm. at the time. That match is awesome. His, his stuff with Fujinami. Like, Vader, and then when Vader left and then uh, eventually came back. Well, obviously, we had talked about the Stan Hansen match. When he, when he came back, he wrestled Inoki in 1996. I think I showed you and Rich that, that yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my God, bro. He almost killed but Yeah, Inoki. dude. Broke that man in half with those suplexes and stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. He all, Like, his stuff with Takata in the 90s, 93 and 94, they're the best matches in, in UWFI history. And it's a shoot-style promotion, which... I mean, Vader is not a shoot style performer, right? But he's such a good worker that he literally carries Takata to the best matches of his career. Um, his stuff with Gary Albright in All Japan, him and Kenta Kobashi, him and uh, Mitsuhara Mizawa, and then like just think like a couple years ago he was in the public limelight with uh, Will, Will Osprey. Yeah, turned that Twitter feud into a payday. That was like his last like real notable right. big like and I mean like he he was also still coming back and doing some stuff with WWE he like squashed Heath Slater on like a, one of those like raw uh, things the, the the notorious time he came back and he tripped uh, in the match with Batista oh yeah <laughs> I think it was like a Taboo Tuesday or something yeah. like that but uh and the dude like the the Vader time thing dude that was something like it's yeah. Vader time, <laughs> it's time, time yeah time, dude time. me and my friends we like messing around but like bro what time is it it's time yeah, it's Vader. Da, 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 I will da, say that I never understood why he lost his mask to uh, K 
Kane in that mask versus mask match because he came back the next week with the mask on and he took the mask off all the time. So it wasn't really like... Never mind that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. And then like you can't forget his WCW stuff. Him and Sting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Stinger. Yeah, him man. Flair. Him and him and McFoley. My God. Yeah, dude. Like I, I can just go on and on. Like I think for my money, excluding maybe Undertaker, and I almost consider him in a different category because people mm-hmm. say big man I, I consider him a super heavyweight and I think of all super heavyweights there's never been as great of a worker as a super heavyweight yeah, as, man, as he's, Vader he's gonna go down right now as one of the greatest super heavyweights in wrestling and I, I know there's a, a lot of people are thinking well there's a lot of great super heavyweight guys right now, now. Yeah. you know you got like Keith Lee and Walter but I mean I love both of those guys. Don't get me wrong, but Vader's presence, man, his aura, like you mentioned, his aura, like those guys don't have it right now. Like they don't have that same kind of menacing aura. Walter's kind of close, but I mean, Vader, when you hear it, when you hear that music, whether it's that New Japan boss music or the, you hear the Vader time, like, dude, you know, you know, they used to call Walter Big Van Walter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was his name for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Daddy Walter, Big Van Walter. I've heard Big Daddy Walter. He, he, he also went by Big Van Walter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and no wonder why. Yeah. Um, yeah, they actually did a really touching uh, ceremony to kind of reference Vader. Uh, I, I Was it Harold Mai? Yeah, I think Harold Mai got in the ring and they did the 10 bell salute. Yes, yeah. Held, held mm-hmm. up a, a picture of Vader, so... Um, you know, Vader has meant a lot to me in my life uh, and as a wrestling fan. And I mean, um, you know, we thank him. For, I mean, I don't know what you say, like, but thank you for your contributions. Right. And I'm going to miss mean, you. Our prayers and uh, condolences go out to the White family. Um, like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like, man, I wish we could like we've been talking about it for a while, but I wish we could like say more or like do something that was more fitting of. Someone like him, though. I will say this: I I know that like we're not a WWE podcast, but I think in the states it kind of for modern fans, especially like fans who are just learning stuff, it matters who goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Kind of right. I don't know. I don't know how much after that last ceremony, <laughs> but um, he was a guy they knew was sick, and I felt like yeah. after everything he did for their company and stuff over the years, they should have put him in. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they they didn't knowing they they let him put Stan Hansen in as an inductee a few years ago, but like they waited till he passed away. They knew he was not in good health. Yeah, I think it's it was probably just one of those things where like they're waiting waiting for like the right market or you know they they have like a certain type of they have a certain type of legends and females or whatever. The quota of people are trying to hit, yeah. So they probably better probably just didn't fit into their plans at the time, and so you know we'll, we'll get to him eventually. But yeah, yeah, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, he's also like one of the like man. Think I'm just like I'm trying to think like this is this is a guy who like went to Japan, beat Inoki clean. He went to Europe, beat Otto Vons clean. He went to Mexico, beat El Kanek clean. Like, yeah. this is a guy who's beaten, like, the top, top, top guys out there. And if you go on the Observer um, and the, the write-up of Vader, there's a whole little section of all the Hall of Fame or major stars that Vader worked with. And it's just incredible the list of guys that are here. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm... St- 
still very shocked. I was hoping for Vader to pull through. I, I'm glad he's not in pain now. Oh, one thing I thought was very amazing. I, I read a story about how Sting was like coming and comforting him for over like the past year. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a little bit. I didn't read too. I didn't get to read all of it, but I did see that. Yeah. They were saying, you know, that Sting like knew he was sick and he was visiting him like pre- pretty periodically. Like, uh, and he was like a big source of strength and comfort for him. He was there like when he passed apparently the last yeah. few days. Um, also too, um, I don't know if you heard of like a lot of the Kenny Omega interviews. Kenny talked about how Vader got him into there. Yeah. So yeah, even like he was saying that like, uh, this is from Vader's son who actually said this stuff about Sting. He was like, you know, that they're both men of faith. So they're like reading the Bible together and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's, you know, you never hear a bad thing really about Sting nowadays. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's awesome that he was able to, to do that for, uh, the champ. So, yeah. All right. It's hard. It's hard to transition from that, but let's uh, move on. I mean, I could talk about Vader for days. I know. We, we can make- I, I could, like, talk about more matches. Like, <laughs> there's so many great Vader matches yeah. out there. Like, my goodness. Um, we're going to jump over to Kazuda. He put over Ron Simmons. Yeah, he did. Us. Us. <laughs> uh, should, should we give the backstory on the us or just let it? Yeah, let's, okay. whatever. All right. So... Clearly, if you guys don't know, if you haven't seen the pictures of us, well, I'm black. Uh, Josh is not black. <laughs> Josh is white. We'll mix with what? Uh, I'm Hispanic, Hispanic. And, and white. Um, but you hang around, you know, me, Rich, and James. All three of us are black. And we have this joke, like when black wrestlers come on the show, we always say, us. <laughs> and, but Josh is with us. Josh is like the Owen Hart <laughs> of our clique. <laughs> You know, we're the nation and Owen. <laughs> that actually is the name of our, we have a private our, chat. Yeah. And it's the, the nation, nation and, and, and Owen. <laughs> so, you know, we're out on the indie show, you know, like, uh, you know. It, it's basically like any, yeah, anytime like, a, uh, I don't I don't know, I guess a black, like wrestler. I, was, I don't want to say like color because that might be messed up. I don't know. Here's the thing, like, I, I, I prefer, let's say black. Like, I don't yeah. like African-American or color. Like, that's like trying to make it labeling it. Like, dude, it's, it's we're black. Like, what if he's not African? Like, what if they're like Haitian or something? Right. Yeah. I yeah. It's like, I just feel like African-American is just like white people trying too hard to like not sound offensive. You know, the thing is, normally I wouldn't care, but we're on the air. So I feel weirder about <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't want to like give anybody the wrong impression or like, like be a soundbite like years from now be like that's the young boy Josh Smith said this yeah but anyway so like anytime a black uh, wrestler will come out like it's always like an inside joke basically where like Rich and Jeremy will look at each other and they'll like go us (laughs) and it's like a, a celebration or whatever and so like I just was like they're always doing it so I was just like us <laughs> but in no way do I want you guys to think that that is me saying or thinking that I am a member of the black race I'm very aware that I am not you know, we're gonna go casino road but since we're talking about race I think this is a great segue into the Kenny Omega yeah. uh, racist stuff yeah so wh- wh- like when did that happen like it was during some sort of press conference or during an interview yeah during some some interviews last week was it was it post um post dominion or was yeah post dominion so it was at the dominion show uh, it might have been Dominion press conference. It just might have been some stuff afterwards. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have the exact interview pulled up with me. Okay. But, I mean, the whole, the gist of it was 
Kenny pretty much calling out the domestic talent, saying that, you know, he's, he only sees the Gaijin working out in the gym and are working hard. And it's no surprise, you know, he's now the top champ. Um, Chris Jericho at the time, Michael Elgin, you know, the Gaijin are kind of at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. And pretty much saying, like, the domestic talent just needs to work harder. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, part of it, too, was, like, the fact of the matter, it was part of a wrestling promo. Also, I in no way, and maybe I'm wrong here, this is just my take on it. When I was listening to this, it didn't sound in any way like it was a racial thing. You know what I mean? Like, in Japan, there's the domestic-like talent, you know, who are, you know, Japanese for the most part, or at least portrayed as Japanese, you know, uh, majority of the time. And then there's the gaijin, which are the foreigner wrestlers who are guys who are just simply not... You know, they're not from Japan. They're not Japanese. You know what I mean? Right. And I think part of it was, like, in the story... Well, part of it, too. Like, let's let's talk about that. Like, so Kenny wins the IWGP Championship, and he starts talking about how some of the, uh, the talent, like the Japanese talent that's local, that they've kind of... That he has noticed that they're kind of complacent, and they're not, like... To steal line from from Vince, they're not uh, trying to re- grab- reach the brass ring, pal. They're not trying to grab the brass ring. These damn millennials. Yeah. So instead of millennials, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the, the, the domestic the domestic uh, talent. So he kind of mentioned, and part of it too. Like, let's keep in mind, this is part of a kayfabe story. <laughs> there is a particular reason that he's mentioning this, namely to, um, okay, or I'm sorry, uh, Naito. Mm-hmm. And Kota Ibushi, which I haven't heard anyone. I've heard lots of people say the whole thing with Naito, but I haven't heard anyone explain the whole like how this would be perceived by Kota Ibushi, Kota Ibushi his uh, partner. And I do have some comments here from Omega addressing this whole thing. Um, so he says, as for the comments I said at the press conference, I've heard people overreact. Oh, Kenny, you're racist. How so exactly? And what's funny about that is the general feedback from the Japanese community is, Kenny, you're right. So it's strange that I'm hearing all these English-speaking people, people from foreign countries, tell me that I'm being a racist individual when all I'm doing is speaking the truth. In a way, like, those comments are sort of kayfabe, if you will. I mean, you don't see how hard anyone's working, but I do, and I see it every day. I see it every time I go to the gym. The gym is myself, Michael Elgin, Juice Robinson. It's all the foreigners. You never see any of the Japanese talent at the gym with the exception of a couple guys. And when you're looking at uh, the guys, when you're looking at the guys that are uh, eating food and dieting, it's always the foreigners who are trying harder. When you're looking at the guys who are thinking outside the box to create something new and exciting for the brand, most of the time it's the foreigners because they're hungrier and they want it. And the Japanese talent is mostly just waiting for their turn. And I'm not saying that this is a racial thing whatsoever. It is what it is. And I couldn't help but notice that these guys that are absolutely killing it right now are mostly foreign towns. Why is that? I want everyone to do well. I want New Japan as a whole to do well. I want our team to be the best team in all professional wrestling. I don't want to be a turn waiter. I don't want anyone to do that. I want everyone to want it. So if you want to know why I said those comments, that's why. Yeah, I mean... Um... You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to. Well, like, there's a, there's a lot of things. Like, I've I've seen I've heard people say like, well, you know, the easy like 
the easy answer to people's like criticisms of it is to just be like, oh, well, Kenny is embraced by the Japanese fans. He's embraced by the Japanese people. He's like literally an, an I don't know, do you call it naturalized citizen? Is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. He's a citizen of, of the country, speaks the language. He considers himself at this point almost like basically a Japanese person. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that if that that would exclude him from being racist against Japanese people just by those things. You know, I mean, you hear stories of like people who are married to someone from the other race or just because you are have friends with someone of the other race, you can still be racist. You right, know, right. and it is a touchy subject, especially like in a racially charged country like America, where some we deal with every day. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't know. This is just me. This is Josh Smith. I didn't hear anything while he was talking that led me to think, man, Kenny is a bigot. <laughs> Same here, dude. Like, I saw those comments. I was like, oh, Kenny's, like, working an angle with Naito. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, I see all this Kenny's racism. I'm like, what? Like, I don't, did I miss something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I just... You don't, you, you don't want to basically be the guy who's, like... If someone like let's say someone who heard those comments was generally offended by it or whatever, you don't want to be the person who's like, you know, your opinion or the way you feel is wrong or whatever. You don't want to be that. But I also also wonder if you're a wrestling fan, if you are a wrestling fan and you're hearing this, how and you're that offended, how have you been a fan of this product over the last like however long you've been a fan? Right, especially because I've been a fan for like almost thirty years. Especially if you've been watching through the attitude era. My gosh. That's and it doesn't excuse the previous things that people have done or make it right. I mean, there's a lot of things I go back and I listen to and I cringe, but I'm like um and I don't even think that it's even fair to compare what Kenny has said to any of those things. I'm just using it as a point of analysis, like it is almost like a thing where I think people I don't see I don't want to like blame a victim but it is right. it's like everyone is jumping on this bandwagon well not everybody but a lot of people online are jumping on this bandwagon to say like Kenny's a racist where I'm like I don't know guys clear, clearly guys not from from I mean maybe maybe he could be I mean you know we we, we don't, don't we, we don't personally know I mean you know no one knew that Hulk Hogan was going to say the stuff that Hulk Hogan said <laughs> right <laughs> so but I mean you don't know from no. what what we have seen and heard of Kenny I mean but nothing about this angle <clears throat> led me to think like oh this guy's a racist you know it's right. it's not like uh uh Dr like Dr. D. Schultz saying the crazy stuff he used to say in his promos, <laughs> or even like Ric Flair used to say crazy stuff in yeah. mixed out to get heat. Like, right. I'm like Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper, my yeah, my goodness. <laughs> like, dude, guy, um, Hulk Hogan, bro. Actually, that's something that a lot of people know about. You should hear. Go back and watch the the '81 feud between Hulk Hogan and Rocky. No, not Rocky Johnson. Um, Tony Atlas. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Hulk! It, that's some stuff you want to talk about, like how people are like the Booker T thing. Yeah. Oh, you gotta go back and listen to the Hulk Hogan stuff with with Tony Atlas. I probably shouldn't even bring it up because it's gonna just fan the fan the flames. <laughs> he says some crazy stuff, but right. I don't. I just never. Nothing about this to me, like seemed like racism. You know what I mean? Now I will say this: like from what I understand in Japanese culture, like the the wrestlers have never been trained or taught to be like body guys. Right. You know, it's always been more about like fundamentals, learning ring awareness, the dojo, the life. dojo, yeah. the dojo life, all that. And they've never been like, get in there and pump that iron and, and get a physique like a key or something like yeah. that. Like, that's rare. Um, so, I mean, there could be something there where like Kenny's like, well, these guys aren't in the gym. And it's like, well, it's 
I don't know. It's a different culture, but I'm sure Kenny knows that. Yeah. And I, I think there was something like Hiromi at one point was talking about how like Naito goes to the gym like 3 a.m. in the morning. So, to, to sneak off? Yeah. To like, And I'm sure. So if you're not at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're not going to see Naito like getting his pump in. So Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, I just almost feel like this is a non-issue. And it's just people who want to get worked up about something that is literally nothing. And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, maybe that makes me a jerk. Uh, maybe I do misunderstand. Maybe. Like, I don't know. But... I, I just didn't see anything in this that yeah. seemed like it was racism to me. Same here, man. And, and like, I don't know. I feel like I'd be the first. I feel like if there was something here where I was like, where I generally thought, genuinely thought like, like Kenny was crossing a line and he shouldn't be doing that. I'd be like, yo, that's really not cool. But right. I mean, like, you know, in our group of circle, I mean, we saw people saw the comments and were like, yeah, I don't get why. Like, Oh yeah, I wasn't even really paying attention when that happened. You guys talked about it. Yeah, because I think I forgot who who brought somebody brought it up and was like, "Why is people? Why are people saying Kenny's racist?" And then like somebody shared the comments and they were like, "Yeah." That's well. the thing. Like the only thing I've been met with about it is just like I'm kind of like baffled. I'm like, is like I didn't see anything that seemed racist to me. Like uh, I think alt- uh, one some of the quotes I heard Kenny say is ultimately he wants everybody in the company to do well, but he's trying to push for change. In a culture where sometimes, you know, change doesn't come easily. Right. They're, they're very heavy on their traditions. Yeah, like their traditions. So he's trying to push them to be better versions of themselves in this sport. Mm-hmm. It's not – I didn't hear anything that said – you like it, it's not like a Mexican promo where you're like you're a spix or, you know, you're, you're a Mexican so you're lazy or something right, like that. Right, right. It was nothing like that. It wasn't even a heel promo. This guy's like the top baby face in the company. <laughs> exactly. I don't – I like – so I've – I just want to say I don't think Kenny Omega is a, ra- a racist. Yeah. Now, if he is, we'll never know. We'll never know unless he gets busted, like yeah. in a secret camera deal. But I think ultimately, this is one of those things where, like, I don't know. To me, it's more like Twitter is just ugly. Yeah. And like, and and, part, and, and like, wrestling writers like write like stuff that's uh, kind of irresponsible just to like get numbers, get, and get yeah, downloads, yeah. and crap. And I think part of it could be too. It's just that more trying to find a way to throw rocks at New Japan Maybe. Af- after the Dominion Seven Star match. So that could be part of it too. But I, I mean, I don't know. If there was something to criticize here, I feel like we would want to criticize it. But I just, I to me, it was like this was an angle. It wasn't even that crazy. And hey, if if you are offended from it, and it is something that really bothers you, we'd love to hear from you. And actually, and maybe I need to understand more, right? You know, but I don't. My take on it was not that you're Japanese, so you're lazy. Nothing like that. It yeah. was like, hey, there's a mindset of people who are on the outside. I don't know. I feel like would it here's my only thing. I feel like would it be considered a racist um let's say if Naito had cut the same promo and he was talking about the Gaijin, wouldn't that be racist? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I no. don't think anyone would be up in arms about it. But you know, I don't know. That's just that's my take. Same here, man. I don't think Kenny's racist from you know, what I, what can I what I can see. I don't think his comments are racist. So, but again, like you said, if you you think he is, I'd love to hear from you and just get a better understanding of why you think he is. Nice. So we got that out of the way. You want to yeah. so, talk about uh, Kazuna Road? What are we yeah. Gonna do? Jeremy's kind of driving the show tonight. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, so the last time we only we were only able to talk about the first night, the Kazuna Road, which had the Elgin and uh, Goto never title match. Since then, there were a couple more shows. On uh, June 18th, we had a show and kicked off with um, Suji and Imura going for another 10-minute draw. <laughs> That was like their like sixth or seventh like draw now. I mean, again, it's another one. I mean, it's the same thing. I don't even think we have to recap it, except basically that uh, Suji keeps almost beating Yumura, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's about to lose his crap because he can't beat this dude in a ten minute match. That's pretty much the whole story, right? Yeah, just keeping. I mean, it was a good match, and just just keeping that rivalry going. Then there was uh, Ishimori and Takahashi against Narita and. Umino and this get, is good. Yeah, this was another great match where you know Umino and Narita kind of showing some fire against the Bullet Club team of Ishimori I, and Takahashi. Yo, I like Umino and Narita as a tag team. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite like young lion combinations right now. Yeah, dude, and um, I kind of like Ishimori and uh, Takahashi together. Yeah, the yeah. The, the two uh, Japanese members the of the Bullet, Bullet Club. Club. Yeah, the only two. Yeah, so, and Peter. Um, then we had uh, they actually they actually cut a promo after this match uh, Takahashi and Ishimori talking about how they feel really bad for the original Bone Soldier oh yeah 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 I saw somebody like post that on Twitter (laughs) uh, that's pretty funny of course Ishimori and Takahashi uh, got the win Um, I'm surprised Yujiro has been getting the pinfalls in these tag matches with his uh, Pimp Juice DDT I'm not. Remember, he's he was picking up a lot of the pinfalls during the tag league when it was him and uh, Hangman. Right. I don't know. For some reason, I just expect Ishimori to be getting some more. He's the heavyweight. He's the senior guy. I'm not really expecting Ishimori to pick up a lot of the wins, even with his prominent position. Like, <laughs> it, it's New Japan still. Yeah. So next we had uh, Tenzon and Oka going against uh, Yuji Nagata and Nakanishi. Ugh. This is a, I mean, it wasn't yes. terrible, but, but uh, you know, it's what you'd expect from the dads. I mean, Oka and Nagata are I mean, great, yeah. and Akanishi and Tenzan are washed. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I love Tenzan, bro. Like, it's it's kind of like being like, you know, Kurt Ang- like for you Western fans who might not be as familiar, it's like watching Kurt Angle and being like, dude's washed. Yeah. It's like that. Like, Tenzan was amazing in 2001 and 2002 and all that. Or also another good comparison. It's like Undertaker. Yeah, it's like... Taker's like, washed. He, but Tenzan's old, man. He's yeah. washed. And so is Nakanishi's always been washed, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was never clean, like... <laughs> oh, man. So then, uh, uh, Nagata and Nakanishi got the win of that match against uh, Tenzan and Oka. It was not, uh, Nagata hit his backdrop driver on Oka for the win. Oh, Oka took a loss? Surprise. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, next up, we had Taguchi, Toa Hanare, David Finley, and Togi Makabe against uh, Turuyanu, Yoshihashi, Sho, and Yo. Team Chaos. Yes, Chaos. And this was another fun, good tag team match. Um, everybody kind of getting their time to shine. Um, in the end, Chaos defeated Taguchi Japan. Yoshihashi um, tapped out Toa Hanare with the butterfly lock. Um, Chaos has been acting kind of heelish on this tour a little bit, huh? Yeah. Noticed? Mm-hmm. Because they're tweeners. 
Um, and then after that, there was the block announcements, which we already talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And then... How about this great moment uh, at the beginning of this match? So Naito, Evil, Sonata, and Bushi taking on the team of uh, Suzuki-Goon, Iska, Taichi, Kenemaru, and Takamichinoku. But when Naito made his way out... And that little kid was so, so nervous. Yeah, bro. dude, he wanted to say hi to Naito so bad. He was so, so <laughs> nervous to talk to Naito. And like the the little kid in me, like the little kid wrestling fan, like I was like, I've I've been there. Like, yeah. and then like the kid was just nervous, and he put his fist out, and the kid like came up and <laughs> pounded it. I was like, <laughs> great moment. I'm like Naito, you're great, man. <laughs> Can you imagine a moment like that with Roman Reigns? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. But um, this match, surprise, surprise, Suzuki Goon jumped the bell. Big, crazy brawl between these guys. Um, and it winded up with LIJ getting the win on Suzuki Goon. And uh, Bushi hit the MX and got the win for the team. And very interesting post match. You know, they did their normal LIJ fist bump, and then Naito went for another fist bump with Sonata, but Sonata denied and walked out of the ring. Now, they all already fist bumped. Was that the beginning of the match or at the end? This was, at the, this was post-match. They had, they had already did the five of them. The but, first time? Yeah. Was that post-match or pre-match? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It might have been pre, but after the match, Naito again asked for yeah. a fist bump from uh, Sonata. Sonata was like, nah. I'm Col- gonna- Col- Skull just looked him dead in the eyes and just walked backwards. Didn't give him the, didn't give him the, uh, whatever they call it, the yeah. fist bump. Yeah. And he just walked out. And I was like, oof, teasing a little bit, of, teasing a little bit of uh, some tension in yeah, Lij. They're, they're both going to be in the B block. Yeah. So we're going to get that first. We, we've never had a match between these two. So yeah. that's going to be crazy. I think we we have had a match between Evil and Naito. We might have had one with Evil and Sonata one year in the block as well. Yeah. But never never Naito and uh, Sonata. So that's going to be very interesting. And next up we had uh, Tanahashi, Big Mike, Juice Robinson, Jeff Cobb taking on Kush- uh, and Kushida taking on Okada, Goto, Jay White, Tomohiro Ishii, and Ghetto. So a chaos team here against uh, Tanahashi and friends. Um, and this was a very good high energy tag team match. Um, probably one of the best things on the show so far. And just doing a lot of setup here, um, setting up the U.S. title match with. Um, Jay White and Juice Robinson setting up the never open weight title match with Jeff Cobb and uh, Hiroki Goto. And then the rest of the guys are in the G1. We know Okada and Tanahashi will be in the same block. And uh, Tanahashi and friends uh, ended up getting the victory here. Um... Uh, via submission, Kushida got uh, Ghetto in the hoverboard. Yeah, this was very good. Um, you know, it's what you kind of expect from a New Japan multi-man match, especially with this many guys. Um, you know, it's kind of in, like you don't want to say paint by numbers, but this was very, very yeah. good, very entertaining. Everybody got their stuff in. And um, how about the stuff with Okada? Yeah, man, Okada's like 
depressed. Yeah, so Okada's been coming out. No Rainmaker pose. Um, he's getting announced in the middle of the pack. Yeah. They came out to Jay White's music. They're coming out to other people's music than his music, which is like these little touches, man. Yeah. New Japan puts these little... If you're not watching... See, that's the thing. Like, I've talked to people before about Road 2 shows. And I, mean, I guess Kazuna Road's not really a Road 2 show, but it's, it's just... A, it's like a, st- a little step higher. A little step higher. And I've like, tried to explain to someone before. It's like, you know, you don't have to watch these. You could be one of those fans who literally just comes in, tunes in for the big shows, and that's about it. But they reward you for watching these shows Mm -hmm. with little tidbits that make you appreciate the product so much more than if you were just to watch Okada. Like, you know, if you're a guy who just watches Okada's big matches and his title run, that's Mm -hmm. great. You're seeing greatness. But if you're not watching the the promos, you're not seeing these Road 2 shows, you're not getting the full scope of his, like, character. And, I mean, this stuff is magic, man. Yeah. Like... I'm like, I'm like, where does he go from here? Yeah, the great thing is, man, we don't need like a 20 minute opening segment pro probo to let us know that Okada's depressed and what's, no. what's going on. They just got to they just got to announce him in the middle of the pack. It's something <laughs> I, I always learn. It's like uh, show don't tell. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's exactly and what no Japan, New Japan does in their storytelling. No rainmaker pose. He's in the middle of the pack. He looks downtrodden. He's hardly getting any action in these matches. Yeah. Like he's. Definitely, like he's not highlighted whatsoever, which is crazy. It's like, it's like, dang, he's like lost his confidence, and yeah. it, and it's so apparent. Like they're so smart, man. Um, and then very interesting post match. Uh, Jay White laid out all the baby faces. Yeah. Um, and also some young lions, and then he's working over uh, Juice. Uh, Juice fires back, but then he gets low blow, and White lays in the elbows and leaves him laying. Yeah. So this this was a uh, very 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 interesting. Yeah, and he uh, also uh, smashed a chair on um, Jesus KO uh, left hand that's already injured. Yeah, they were actually talking about Juice's hand, and that basically it was was he already wearing the cast at this point? Mm, I think so. So I don't know if they made it a probably apparent. The um, actually the English translation or the English commentary for the Kazuna Roadshows is out now. Um, I don't think we watched this with English commentary at all. Um, I watched the I watched this one and the next night in English. The, okay, the first night I watched. Did Kevin Kelly? Because I didn't. Did Kevin Kelly mention that there was a special rule for the whole tour with Juice Robinson and his hand? Because um, it was on the New Japan website. I can cover it. But basically, right. they said that uh, he was going to be allowed to compete with the cast, but that um, there are special rules that no, his hand was broken and nobody could attack his hand. If you attacked his hand during a match, it's automatic DQ. Yeah, but also, too, if he uses the cast it's as a, a weapon, it's a DQ. Yeah. Yeah. So, very, again... Great storytelling great story elements telling. for their, their match, the G1 special. Yeah. And that brought us to the main event, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match between uh, everybody's favorite uh, champion, Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time mom, and El Desperado, Despi. Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing here is Takahashi finally beating Desperado. Um, and After get, years. Yeah. Get, years and years and years. Get some revenge. Gets his first title defense under his belt. But, you know, I thought this was a really great match. Um, I did think their best of the Super Junior match was a little bit better than this match. But this match was still a great match. Um, and I think, you know, 
something that really helped this match was the backstory from their from the Best of Super Junior match. That match was so great. I liked that match uh, a bit more than this one, but I really did dig this match quite a bit. And some of the callbacks, like with them fighting in the crowd, mm-hmm. and then the backstory. I mean, obviously, we kind of touched on it. From what I see, here's the only thing: I haven't gotten a clear answer on this because I've heard so many different different things. I've heard that Hiromu only beat him one time, or that. He's beaten him, but not in singles matches ever before. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, I've heard different records, but the bottom line from what I understand is Despy pretty much beats the crap out of Hiromu every, every time, time he, yeah. every time they wrestle. It's like a David uh, Finley, Jay White situation. It's, it's very much so that way. So Hiromu basically being, at this point, being the bigger star in their uh, respective careers, coming in as the champion, the tournament winner, but not being able to vanquish Desperado during that tournament tells you a lot yeah um and another very interesting thing here um desperado had like a different like version of his mask on yeah and at one point it was pulled off and he didn't even care and hit um takahashi with the belt he was more concerned about winning the belt than than showing his identity i thought that that was an incredible call by kevin kelly when he was like Desperado didn't care about covering up his identity. He cared more about uh, winning the belt and hurting uh, Hiromu, which I was like, man, Kevin Kelly is on right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I did watch this match in, in English. I'm kind of forgetting because I was with you when we watched that. Yeah, yeah, this was, yeah, we were watching English. So that that was great, but this, this match was just, I mean, it, it's everything. Desperado, I think we talked about before the best Super Juniors, certain guys get a chance to shine, and before that tournament, I wouldn't have considered him one of the better juniors in this past year, mm-hmm. but he's really impressed me. This is another impressive outing by Desperado, and I, I am wondering if that whole mask being uh, you know, taken off his head is going to lend itself to the mask versus mask rumors that we've been hearing about between him and uh, Dragon Lee. Yeah. Nothing has materialized, but still, like, great stuff, man. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that wraps up the uh, June 18th night. Next up, we had um, June 19th and um, opened up with the Bullet Club duo of Ishimori and Takahashi taking on Kushida and Narita. Oh, before we move on, the only thing I will say, I think the main reason I didn't like this match a little, not didn't like it, but was down on it, was there was a lot of overbooking. Did you- yeah, there was a lot. Yeah, in the beginning, it was just a lot of shenanigans. And the end. The, the beginning and the end. Yeah. Like, the stuff with the mask, which was great, but then, like, the, the ref the belt, bump. The ref bump and all that. And then the stuff in the beginning, too, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. There's just... It, it was a little bit smoke and mirrors, which, I mean, I, I like a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but it's a little too much smoke and mirrors. Right. And so, yeah. We're moving on to the 19th night. Yeah, 19th, um, Kashida and uh, Ren Narita against Ishimori and Takahashi. Um, this was a pretty good opener right here, and it looks like they are teasing a program with Ishimori and Kushida. Yeah, so I mean, that would make a lot of sense to me. I I think we all know that. <laughs> you know, one thing I – oh, before we move on, here's something I, I've never addressed this on the air, and I need to apologize to our listeners. <laughs> what? So – when we did the contest for Best of the Super Juniors and, you know, I came on here and I did that long rant about how I thought 
it wasn't going to be Hiromu and and uh, oh, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be Hiromu and Ishimori. I thought it was going to be uh, Kushida and Ishimori, and for all the reasons which I still think are valid, right? So I I, I do that rant. I submit my bracket, and that's obviously the one that I pick. But then I notice Jeremy changed his mind too. Then Jeremy like tells me one day, how what percent would you think of our brackets had that finish? Um, I would say maybe like maybe like seventy percent, maybe seventy percent of the brackets had that finish. Yeah, somewhere like maybe sixty to seventy. Oh my god! Okay, guys, here's a couple things. One, we did that contest. Jeremy kind of did the whole thing, basically. So my hats off to Jeremy. <laughs> That's kind of his project, even though I was the one who it was your idea. It was my <laughs> idea. Jeremy's the one who put it into practice. So thank you, Jeremy, for making uh, that contest a reality <laughs> for everybody. Um, but beyond that. Guys, like, this is one of those things where I feel like in the future, if you're doing a contest and I give you my take, I'm not saying that you, that everyone who sent that in took my take, but I have to feel like in some way I must have maybe influenced people's opinions because it's not like on Twitter, I saw a bunch of people with that finish. And it's not like on other websites, I saw a bunch of, most of the time, that is not like the the finals that people were sending in to other other brands and stuff. It was, everyone was like Hiromu and, and Ishimori, the obvious one. Yeah. And the fact that like, you know, two-thirds of our group sent in, two-thirds of our listeners who participated sent in the finish that I called. I feel like I screwed you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to apologize for that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, my apologies. (laughs) And if you didn't listen, if, hey, if I didn't, you know, influence you, no worries. But if if I did influence you and you know who you are, uh, Jeremy, <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> no, no worries. I, I, I prefer that, you know, the other people win the contest and not us. Oh, not me. I want to win one of these contests so bad so that I can basically be like, I'm better than you all. I won this freaking awesome knife pervert shirt. <laughs> oh, that'd be like the biggest troll job. Like, you know how people wear like the modern day Maharaja show? Like shirt. Yeah. Like get a knife pervert shirt just to piss people off. <laughs> I don't even want one, but like, I know Rich is listening. Like, yo, let's buy Rich a knife pervert shirt. <laughs> Dang, his, birth, his birthday's already passed off for, uh, for Christmas. Let's just get it for him because yeah. we're good friends. Yeah. Either that or let's give him a Cody shirt. Amer- American okay. Nightmare. Let's get them both. <laughs> uh, like, Rich, you know you want to, you know, bulk up your wrestling t shirt collection. You know who wants the American Nightmare shirt really bad is James Boyd. Oh, yeah. Like he would, he if like we bought that for Rich and not him, he'd actually. I think he'd kind of be pissed. Be like, what? <laughs> no, I think he actually would think it's hilarious. Cause I think he would like. like <laughs> that too, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get him this night though. Yeah. So next up, we got uh, Togi Makabe, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask. Oh, wait, wait, you didn't tell us why Kushida and Ishimori. Why you think they're teasing that? Oh well, post match they got got into each other's faces. And we're talking smack, and just throughout the match too. I mean, there's a lot of interaction. Tension. Between, yeah. Nice. Um, that yeah. The next match: Magabe, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Tiger Mask Four taking on Toa Hanare, Tomeyuki Oka, and Shota Umino. So kind of like a young lion team, mm-hmm. captained by Hanare, taking on the this old head team. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, 
So surprise, surprise, Makabe, Liger, and Tiger Mask got the victory here. King Kong knee drop. Yeah, this was a good little fun tag match. Um, you know, the Young Lions really working hard. I like this stuff with Makabe and uh, Hanari. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, they're usually teaming together. Makabe's got heat. Like, like Hanari's got heat with that man. He's been making him lose for, like, over a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he wants to shoot on him so bad. <laughs> yeah, so, and, you know, it's kind of like Toa kind of taking the lead of the young boys. And you know how Liger and Tiger Mask are with the... Oh, yeah. So. Mean Tiger Mask and total, Grumpy Liger. Total domination. Get off my lawn, young boys. Oh, my God. So that brings us to the next match of the night. Rocky Romero, Rapongi 3K. Oh, Rocky Romero and Rapongi. So, okay, Rapongi 3K. Yeah. Taking on Kanemaru, El Desperado, and Takamichinoku, the uh, Suzuki Goon Juniors. And, you know, this match... It's okay. Uh, Suzuki Gun did not attack before the bell started. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, but they did it after the bell started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they jump show. Yeah, they jump show at the beginning. It, this was a bad, actually. So the, this was not good. Yeah. It was like, like not. This is like the low point of the night, pretty much. Yeah. One of them, anyways. Yeah, it was just okay. Well, I, I guess the match after this was worse, but still. Like, oh, yeah. But uh, this match, uh, Suzuki Goon got the win. Desperado, uh, well, um, I believe Kanemaru spit the whiskey in Rocky's face, and uh, Desperado cradled Rocky for the win. Yep, just what you'd expect from a, you know, one of these matches, one yeah. of these Suzuki. I've heard people like uh, a shout out to a to someone on the outside. I've never really done this, but you know, I know Damon McDonald is always saying he really likes the Suzuki Goon Juniors, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. I mean, you know what? Separately, I like them except for not so much, uh, Kenamaru. Yeah. But I mean, separately, I can actually handle their acts, but together when they're, they're all together, most of the time, like I really don't like it. Like, like it really drags the matches down for me. I don't know if you have an opinion on that or not. Yeah, it's just yeah, you get them all together and just, just mucks everything up. So how about this? Ishii and Toriano against Isuka and Taichi. Oh boy. What is the common denominator? All the worst matches that I've seen in New Japan this whole entire past year, there's one common denom- denominator. It's always Isuka. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> he really, really sucks. Yeah, dude. Bro. He, yeah. You want to talk? Okay, you know how we talk about washed? Yeah. Okay. Like, freaking Nakanishi and Tenzan look like they're Ray Stevens. <laughs> Look like Ray Stevens and Shawn Michaels and crap compared to Issaka right now. Yeah, like, dude. They look, they look like they're like prime like Benoit and like Eddie like it, compared to Issaka. Issaka is done. He is done. Yeah, dude. There was a time where he was like never great but like pretty good. But no, dude. No, I, no, I think I'd no, rather no. I'd rather watch an Alexa Bliss match. Than, I'd rather watch WWE than an Issaka match. Do you hear what I just said? <laughs> I'd rather watch the WWE than watch an Iska match. Yeah, dude. Iska is awful. He is so bad. I actually heard a rumor that they're thinking about not... Okay, well, actually, you know what? It was just a rumor, but I heard a rumor that they're thinking about not re-signing him once his contract's up, but then I remember... Like, I remember I saw that, and I got excited, and then I remembered, like, he's a lifer. Yeah. pretty much never going to be done with New Japan, probably. But I don't know. They got Harold Mine now. Like, he might see him, too, and be like, this guy sucks. 
<laughs> oh, I would I would watch a million Yoshihashi matches than watch Iska. Iska well, is so dude, Yoshihashi's good in in the ring, man. Yeah, but I hate him. Yeah, I know. But I really hate Iska. Oh my god, I yeah, hate Iska. I would let I, instead of watching him like wrestle, I would rather like let freaking Lance Archer spit all over me. <laughs> I hate I hate watching Iska matches. Like this match sucked. Yeah, this was horrible. It's terrible. So yeah, so, yeah was- and Ishii was in it, and Taichi, and Toriano. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Just rough. Yeah, but also, uh, um, yeah. So Ishii yeah. and Yano defeated Iska and Taichi. Thank God. Yeah, Yano got the roll up for the win. That's all we gotta say. Yeah, we got the roll up. That's it. <clears throat> Next we had uh, Michael. They wrestled for nine minutes and thirty seconds. It felt like twenty minutes. Yeah. It went on forever. My God, hate uh, this match. Yeah, that was the anti fight forever match. <laughs> uh, next we had Elgin, Jeff Cobb, Juice Robinson, David Finley against Okada, Goto, Jay White, and Yoshihashi. We've actually chanted "Just Go Home" at a indie show before. <laughs> it's like something I'm not that proud of, but we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, my god. Yeah. So Elgin, Cobb, Robinson, and Finley, the uh, the g- team Super Gaijin, taking on Okada, Goto, Jay White, and Yoshihashi, Team Chaos. Um, was is this racial? Is this a racial thing? <laughs> Seems like maybe it is. I don't know, but it, it was a this lazy chaos team. My God, <laughs> bunch of bums, right? Yeah, apparently yeah. that guy Okada, he never tries. <laughs> but this was a very good match, um, fun match. All everybody was working hard in this match, and once again, continue to build um, Cobb versus Goto and Jay White versus Juice Robinson. And it's good stuff. Yeah, I thought that this was very, very good. Um, a great way to set up the White and Juice Robinson as well as the Goto and Cobb matches that are coming up uh, at the G1 Special. Um, you know, especially with the fact that Juice got attacked the day before. So, like, the story kind of continued and he was out for revenge in this match. Even though the doctors didn't want... Even though the doctors <laughs> didn't want him to compete. Um you know, this this was really good. And the funny thing, again, Okada's not the focus or the feature of this match. Right. Definitely Jay White, I mean, probably the biggest focus. Yeah. And he got the win here with the Blade Runner on Juice, so he pinned his uh, number one contender. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they're making Jay White look real strong going into G1 Special in USA. I mean, post-match, the beatdowns, the attacks, like, he's this guy's looking good. Yeah, he is. Good. Um, so next up, we really had our uh, our main event. We had the Strong Machine team, Strong Machine number 69, who was uh, Taguchi. What? <laughs> I could not figure out who these guys were. <laughs> were you like Kevin Kelly, like stumped at like, who the guys were? Did he not know? I mean, he did, but he was like, I have no idea who, <laughs> who's in these Strong Machine masks. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Strong Machine number 69 was uh, Taguchi. Strong Machine Ace was Tanahashi. Strong Machine Justice was Yuji Nagata. I wasn't Strong Machine Ace Kenny Omega. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, then yeah, there's Nagata. A strong Machine Don. Nakanishi. Yep. And then uh, Strong Machine uh, Buffalo. Tenzan. Yep. And they were taking on all of LIJ. I wish LIJ would have worn masks. 
you know, they like all kind of do have their own masks that they've worn pretty in the past. In yeah. the past. Like, I, I think that'd be, would have been like kind of cool. And of course, uh, the strong machine team was accompanied by super strong machine. Um, and, uh, super strong machines, uh, manager, what was his name? Wa- uh, Wakamatsu. Yeah. So, yeah, so they were out at ringside and, you know, this was a very fun match with uh, all these guys wearing the mask and trying to pretend like we're not supposed to know who all these guys are. I liked when, uh, I, I really liked the backstage promo where Taguchi was saying, like, I'm going to call in the machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the video that they played, like, beforehand? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he'd already done the pro. They'd shown the promo. Yeah. Class, but yeah. then they, like, highlighted it. That he was calling in the machines. Yeah. So I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> is this Transformers? Like... <laughs> But no, this was this was great. I mean, it, it is a shame that Super Strong Machine was unable to perform in his own retirement ceremony. But I don't think he's wrestled in five years. Yeah, Anyways. he did hit a lariat though yeah. on uh, Naito on the outside. It wasn't the Yoshihashi lariat, but it was, it was pretty good for yeah. his age. Yeah, um, and um, came down to Strong Machine number sixty nine. He hit. Uh, Super Strong Machine's signature Devil Windmill Suplex for the win. Isn't that an awesome name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think of it like that it's something so much crazier than it actually is. It's really just like a hammerlock suplex. <laughs> yeah. They make it sound like it's like the most epic. It's like something from an anime. You're yeah. like the Devil Devil hand. Windmill Suplex. Blue Eyes Dragon. <laughs> Blue Eyes, yeah. Actually, I never watched that show. You never watched Yu-Gi-Oh? No. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? No. Dude, I loved me some I never, Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I watched Dragon Ball Z. So did I. Yeah, but I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm sorry, I just never did. <laughs> I, I know what Blue Eyes Dragon is. I understand. I'm from that time period, but I don't... I mean, actually, I really don't. I It's... A really good card. Yeah, Blue Eyes White Dragon was like uh, the best card. It's like Charizard, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Next to, I think it was like the Dark uh, Magician. I think it was. Well, that was like Yugi's like top guy. I don't know. <laughs> I actually like don't get Yu Gi Oh. It's like a kid, and then there's this man, and they're like the same or something. That's weird. I've never watched it. I'd rather watch like Attack on Titan. I have not watched that. Oh, you never seen that? No. Bro, we gotta start watching that. You've never seen it? The, the new season's out. People get eat by these giant titans. It's awesome. I I've, I've, I know I've heard about Dude, it. You would love it. I promise you would love it. You'd yeah. be like, this is dope. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry guys, we're getting in. You're getting An- anime rant. You know what? You know what anime is? You know what my favorite anime is? What? Hajime no Ippo. It's about boxing. So, oh, I, th- I think I've seen one of those before. It's, uh, they call it Fighting Spirit. The uh, yeah, because yeah, they used to play on like HBO. No, I don't think so. No, uh, but it's really, 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 really good. I've never, you know, I've always wanted to get into like a wrestling anime, like Muscle or something. But I don't know if there's any good ones out there. Yeah, I like the uh, the, the Tiger, Tiger Mask W. I heard it sucks though. Yeah, you did. I don't know. I just heard it sucks. Yeah. I don't know if it, it actually does or not. But yeah, we get get on that. Um, Also, um, before we go off this night, so really cool uh, video package at the end for Super Strong Machine. Um, You know, his retirement ceremony, they presented with flowers, embraced him. Uh, Kakihara was there, Hiro Saito. Um, They they brought him, uh, you know, flowers. Ryota Chukuzin brought him flowers. Kazunari Marakumi brought him, uh, you know, came out. Kind of reminded me of, like, when, like, Flair 
retired kind of similar like on Raw when the guys kept coming out for yeah. past. Yeah. Sort of like that. Uh Nagata was out there, uh Makabe, Kushida, Tanahashi, Tiger Mask, Taguchi, Liger, Nakanishi, Flowers, Handshakes, Gifts, bunch of people bowing at each other. It, it was really nice. They took good photos. And uh it was it was a great w- and then um, you know, uh Super Strong Machine gave a speech. I haven't seen the translations of it, but um, all current stars and legends, young lines came down and, you know, surrounded the ring. So really, really, really cool stuff. And uh, to cap off the tour or, you know, the major shows that they aired, you know, kind of send a legend off uh, Twilight. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a great little ceremony for Super Strong Machine. And then on uh, June 23rd. Not a little ceremony. It's a big ceremony. <laughs> it was a super, super strong ceremony. No, you remember we were at Tampa Bay Pro and uh, Royce Adams was cutting that promo. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we can have a little match. And, and Buck, uh, Buck Q was like, it's not going to be a little match. It's going to be a big match, a big money match. It's going to draw. Yeah. Gosh, that rivalry. Oh, my uh, God. If you guys want to catch a great rivalry that's happening in the world of wrestling right now, be sure to check out <laughs> Royce Adams taking on Buck Q from Tampa Bay Pro. It's all over the Internet. It's these promos. My God. Yeah. About that. Am I going to get heat for saying that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. So um, June uh, 23rd, I believe it was, of this tour was the big return of uh, Tokiyoma Hanma, his big comeback match. Um, And, you know, we had talked about this because this show was not advertised to be on New Japan World. And I Uh, said, I was like, there's no way they're not going to show that. Right. I even said during the episode. Yeah, you said said that. Yeah. I said, they're going to at least show that match. Right. And uh, And you're like, it's not on the schedule. Yeah. You text me today and you're like, did you see the match? And I was like, no. I went to New Japan World and saw that they did put that match up. I felt dumb. In the post-match ceremony. I did. Luckily, I had time to catch it before. We recorded. I know you didn't get a chance to watch it yet. I haven't seen it yet, no. How, I mean, tell me about the match and, you know, what happened, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. So, yeah, it was Taguchi, Toa Hanare, Togi Makabe, Tanahashi, and Hanma against all of LIJ. And um, the story of the match, I mean, they were teasing the whole, you know, his, his headbutt spot, the uh, Kokeshi headbutt. Yeah. Um, they were teasing that the whole match. Like every time he would go for it, the crowd would be like a big pop, and then it would get, it would get cut off. So Did he end up landing it. Yes, not not the top rope one, just like the one where he bounces off the yeah. rope. Yeah. Um, so he hit that. The ending was it's he, so great. It's yeah. Like a guy who lands that thing, like you know, I don't know, one out of ten times. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. So the finish, I, I I can't remember who they pinned. I think it was Bushi. Um, they hit. Um, he hit the Kokeshi headbutt, and then um, Makabe hit the King Kong knee drop and got the pin. I actually, like, was just... I was trying to look up any information I could while we were discussing this, and mm-hmm. I was on Reddit, and someone was like, you know, Tomioki Hanuma's back, Kokeshi returns, and someone was like, who the F? <laughs> <laughs> and then I remembered, like, yo, th- this product just kind of blew up. There are people who don't know, know who Hanuma is. They don't is. know who Hanuma is. Like, yeah, or um, Great Bash Heel. I'm like, yeah, wow, it's kind of crazy. It's a weird thought, but yeah, they don't really know about Hanma. So, so yeah, it was Bushi. Yeah, he's been out for he was out for 477 days, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. 
yeah, they had like a double team hilariate, and then the King Kong, then the Kokeshi, and then the King Kong knee drop. Makabe got the pin on Bushi, and then there was like a post match, you know, celebration. Um, kind of like kind of like a post little post match ceremony similar to the Super Strong Machine. Yeah, I heard his wife came out. She's <clears throat> she's a wrestler too, and uh, she came out and like celebrated with him. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be like a really emotional thing. I gotta I gotta mm-hmm. watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, what were your thoughts? Like wh- like what did you think? What did you feel? I mean, it was great seeing him back. I mean, the whole match. I was worried. Just from the severity of the injury he had, just we haven't talked about it, but I'm very worried about Hanma coming back to wrestling. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not trying to be like one of those disingenuous, like, right. but I am kind of worried. I mean, this dude is paralyzed. Uh, yeah. So like every like bump he took in the match, I was like, oh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. So I hope I hope it's I hope I hope he's fine. Like I hope he's getting the medical right. treatment and you know all that that he's needed or that he does. Like I guess like the uh, not treatment but like the observation. I hope like they're. I I just hope he's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's up on New Japan World right now. It's only Japanese commentary. I'm not sure if they're going to add English to that, but it's up on the site. You can check it out. So another thing that I felt like we should talk about, um, the Minoru Suzuki 30th anniversary show was this past weekend. And um, from all reports, they drew about 18,000 people to that pirate festival for yeah. that for that uh, Minoru Suzuki produce show. And um, apparently, like, it was a torrential downpour. Yeah, the rainmaker literally made it rain. <laughs> Not only did he make it rain, he came out and he did the, the rainmaker pose. The rainmaker pose, bro. And, like, I've heard people saying, like, him doing it in the rain is like a symbolic, like washing away like his defeat and his shame, and like that's it's really cool. the 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 photos that they have are really epic looking. I mean, it it's something straight out of an anime. Oh for yeah, real. That one picture where like Suzuki Woo. is like staring Okada and it's raining. Oh, Suzuki came out with the Pancrase attire, with the, the all white, white with the white on you boys. Yeah, <laughs> he came out with the bit the Big Show attire. Like we don't get that. Like the last time he wore that in New Japan was against. Uh, uh, Sakuraba at Wrestle Kingdom 9. Like, that's the last time we got all yeah. white, like, uh, Suzuki. So I'm like, wow. And you know what's funny? Like, the whole time, like, when this match was announced, I kept racking my brain. I was like, this is Suzuki's, like, anniversary show. But is he going to beat Okada? But he can't lose. But they ended up doing a draw, which I didn't, I, even, I didn't I, even think I about. I thought he might beat Okada because Okada just dropped the belt, and it was much more likely that, that he could beat Okada. Plus, he's had Okada's number to a degree, even though yeah. like Okada beat him in the first match that they had uh, for the title last year. Like, he barely did. And yeah. then they went to a draw last year at the G1. Now they've gone to a draw again. Now they're going to wrestle in the same block during G1. So, very interesting. Uh, I liked the photos where um, Minoru Suzuki is walking around the... Uh, oh, picking up the trash. The park, making sure they pick up their <laughs> trash. <laughs> On that day, all the trash was picked up. <laughs> we have no idea how to watch this match, right? Yeah. Um, I, I have to see it. As far as I know, it's not up on New Japan World. I don't know if it's... I heard they were up. literally, like, sliding in the rain. Yeah. Like, it... They did it I heard they didn't do many, like, running, like, off the ropes. 
I've seen I've seen matches where guys wrestle in the rain in like Puerto Rico, like with WWF back in the day, and like the mm-hmm. territories, and it, it's never good. Like, so I'm wondering if this match really was good, but it looks epic. Yeah, I mean, I would love so to hope, see. It. Yeah, hopefully they put it up on New Japan. World. Although I heard they were doing stuff like like uh, basically like Okada was like going up on the ropes and had to like wipe wipe, wipe the rope, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. stuff like that. Like, just really, really, really cool stuff. So I, I want to see this match badly. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we jump into news, we got some questions from the listeners. Thank you for everybody who submitted questions. Um, starting on Facebook and the Wrestling Squared Circle group, our buddy Jimmy Flips, Ben Schaefer, he asks, after Cody, do you think Naito is next in line to challenge for Omega's IWGP championship? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they've been teasing that like it seems like that's where it's going plus I mean if you want me to book it it's pretty simple Um, they're wrestling each other on the first night of the G1 you put Naito over everyone who's been talking about Naito the booking aspect of of him and all that and how he's destroyed by Chris Jericho mm -hmm. let's see what him beating Omega in the first round of the G1 does for his career Right and um, I mean it's pretty. I, I think they, it's pretty obvious. He's, yeah, he's gonna. Be, they always book like really big upsets on the first night of both blocks. Yep. So I, easy, I think it's really obvious. He's. Beating I him. easily can see Naito beating Omega here, and I do think he'll be next in line for the championship, whether he wins the G one or gets a title shot at King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle. I did all year. I thought he was gonna win the G one. I don't think he's going to this year, but I think he'll be in the top. But I think he's beating Kenny Omega night yeah. one. Um, and another question from Jimmy Flip. He says, "Do you think the rocket that we that we thought was strapped to Ishimori was a dud and fizzled out? If so, why?" No. I mean, if you think about it, who, what junior is being rocketed right now? It's G one season. It's G one season, baby. Right. And I mean. Pretty much all the juniors, for the most part, are going to be taking a back seat to, it's time to the to cool heavyweights. Down. It's time for the, the the parents came out to play. It's big. It's big boy time. <laughs> like, like this is that time of the year. No junior is going to be the the front and center of the company, and it doesn't matter who they are, whether it's Ishimori, Hiromu, Will Osprey, uh, you know, Kushida. It doesn't matter who you are. Like you're taking a back a back seat because it's time for. I think it's too soon to tell now. Right. I mean, all, clearly they have plans they for have him. They have plans for him, man. Um, they constantly mention him. He still get, deserves the IWGP uh, Junior Championship match. I mean, he's he, going to get that. He's he, probably going to get that at King of Pro Wrestling. Right. Event. He beat the current champion, Osprey, at the time. And then also he had a very good match with uh, the current champ, Hiromu. So. I'm sure um, after the G1... I could see him lifting the title off Hiromu, actually. Yeah. I could see that. And plus, I mean, in the meantime, you know, he's going to be at Slammiversary. He's going to be doing some stuff with Impact. And who knows where else he might pop up, but... I'm sure there's putting him on the back burner. He's not. It's not a complete like. But I wouldn't even call it the back burner. I just feel like it's it's G1 season. Right. That's the simple answer. It's G1. Like no junior is the focal point of the company. Not even Hiromu. Right. So I mean, yeah, no. I think he's totally fine, and I think he's gonna have title shots. And I think the rocket that they strapped him, it's well and it's well and good. Yeah. Ishimori yeah. is fine. He's fine. <laughs> 
Uh, next up, Reddit user Undoubtedly Dean. He says, excluding Okada, which uh, NJPW pro wrestler do you think most needs a change in attire? See, and what would this change be? People always people do that. They call in or they like send in a question. They're like excluding this one guy. The most obvious. And it's answer. the most obvious answer. Like I want. I hate those freaking pants. I hate them. I hate them. I don't want to go into a rant about how bad those pants are. But I will say this. He didn't lose to Kenny Omega like that when he had those when he didn't have those pants. He never lost the title before those pants. Those pants ruined him. Oh my god. Yes. All right, all right, my, so, my answer is my, my answer uh, my answer is gonna be Okada. So right. who's your second pick then? Who's your who's your pick? I gotta think about it because all I can think I literally cannot get Okada and his pants out of my mind. That sounds so weird, but still <laughs> <laughs> So outside of Okada I think I would go um, with David Finley. Who needs new gear? Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. And, I I mean, I would just repack. I think David Finley kind of needs a little repackaging. Um, He just needs something. Um, I'm not sure what I would change his attire to. Maybe I'd throw him in a, a singlet like his dad and try to play up more of that, you know, Fit Finley heritage. Although his dad didn't always wear his dad at the end of his career did wear a singlet, but he didn't always wear a singlet. Right. Um, thinking back like to the eighties, but yeah, I mean you could be right. But I don't know. Maybe that kind of to me it feels like it stereotypes him a little bit. You're right. I I don't know what I would put him in, but uh, he could use something. Like who has bad attire? Uh, you know whose attire I don't like, and, and I feel like needs to change their attire. Goto. Yeah, we we talked about this during the Never Open Way title match of Elgin. Like, guys, Goto's attire is really weird right now. Like he's got like these like they're like shorts, shorts but they like flare out, so they kind of look like a skirt half the time when he's wearing them. And then he wears these like leggings slash knee pads that go all the way up, and like and with the boots, it it looks really weird to me. Plus, like he's got like a. F- uh, a velvet sash with gold around it. Yeah. And then, like, I'm like, what even is that? <laughs> so, I and I've, and like, I liked his old attire much better than the one that he's rocking right now. I mean, the only thing that, the only consolation that Jeremy gave me when I was mentioning all this, he's like, at least he's not wearing those giant balls. Those, yeah, the balls are on his neck. Uh, I forgot about those, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that would probably be my answer. I mean, I could go with the obvious well, answer and be like Yoshihashi. Yeah, whatever, Yoshi, well, yeah, Yoshihashi is another guy, too, I think needs like I, a, a makeover. I also thought maybe Toa Hinari. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a guy that could probably use a different uh, outfit, but maybe just a different gimmick. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's I, – I can't – I mean, I don't know. Some, uh, those, I, those would be the top guys, I would think. I really don't like when uh, Killer Elite Scott wears the jeans. Yeah. Not a big fan of the jeans. Yeah, I was gonna say show. Oh, I'm sorry, not show. Yo, Yo his uh, but only his singles. His attire. best of Super Junior attire. I don't like his singles attire. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with what he's wearing now. So yeah. All right. Next question comes from Dom Homie 101. He has two questions involving the 2020 G1 Climax. Oh, yeah. He says, with the 2020 Summer Olympics being held in Tokyo, how would the Olympics affect that year's G1 Climax? And in a follow-up, he says, also, with the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, would it be a good time to run G1 shows outside of Japan? Um, so... They're going to have competitors from the Olympics compete in the G1. And they'll get gold medals that year. 
I don't know. Um, uh, I am wondering. Like, I don't know much. I kind of didn't. I mean, maybe I'm out of touch. I didn't know that the Summer Olympics were coming to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Is it just in Tokyo? I believe it is. And here's my kind of thinking of it. I could be completely wrong. Because I have, again, I, don't, I have no idea about, like, how the semantics of the Olympics usually works when it comes to a, a I city. They, I think they take over most of the venues. Right. And my thing is, it could be kind of good, maybe, for New Japan, because I'm sure you're going to have a lot of, like, outside people coming into Japan. That was my thinking. And um, they could run, like, Osaka a lot of nights. Uh, maybe there are other... But they'll be in Tokyo. I think everyone who's coming in is going to be in, in Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. They can't run Corkin. Right. Corkin will be booked. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know very many other Tokyo. I mean, like, I don't know much else. I, to me, like, Tokyo, all I know is Corkin. And Tokyo Dome. And the Tokyo Dome. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, mm. could they run shows outside of Japan? Maybe. I don't think you I don't think you should do the whole G1 outside of Japan. Or well, anything. yeah, he said all of some nights. So, that, yeah. that would be cool, like, run the first, maybe the first few nights or something like that. Or Right, in the USA. Do a tour, or you could even, yeah. I mean, but I mean, the the, the G one's so taxing already. Yeah, to add to add travel yeah. and all that. Maybe if it was spaced out enough, I don't know. I really don't. I haven't given any thoughts to this. I like like didn't even know that the twenty twenty Olympics were going to be there. But that's a great question. I mean, I what do you? I wonder what he thinks. Yeah, you know? obviously I mean, he's given some thought to it. Two years away, so I'm sure. The Olympics is big enough for that that to be on New Japan's radar. Uh, I'm sure they have something already planned. I feel like they need to try to capitalize on the people being there, though. Right, yeah. Uh, they're the king of sports. They need to lord over all the other sports. They're going to c- try to come into Japan and get gold medals. I wonder if gold medals would work in wrestling. Like, you get gold medals. That'd be cool. I've seen somebody, there's been like, I can't remember who, I've seen it in the past, people were like, why can't pro wrestling be in the Olympics? Like, you, what? Yeah, like, you would get like, you know, you would have like a WWE representative or, or you could do it with representatives from countries and literally you try to put on the best wrestling match. That sounds awful. And the whoever gets the best wrestling match, like, a, you know, First place obviously would be like a five star match. Second place maybe it's like four star. Third place is like throw your tree, whatever you know. I hate that idea. <laughs> I think it's stupid. I mean, like in a you're, you know that would that would never happen. The I, it would never happen. I don't even know if the Olympics have like amateur wrestling right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, they do. No, they kicked them out. Did they bring them back? Olympics. There's, there's been amateur wrestling in the Olympics, dude. You didn't hear about that? No. They canceled wrestling in the Olympics. They did. Yeah. We can move on to the next sub- yeah. subject. I'll look it up. Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought you knew about that. I didn't know. Yeah, it was a big deal. Hmm. But I think it's, I think, I think they got it back. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like one of, it's like crazy. It's like one of the only original sports. Sport, yeah. And yeah, they canceled it. it uh, it's not been in the Olympics, like the last one. Dude, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't. No one knows why, especially when there's other like terrible sports that are still in right. It. And I feel like you know, I amateur wrestled in high school, and like it's kind of a hard path for amateur wrestlers. Like if you don't, depending on what state you're in, like if you don't wrestle, like if you go and you wrestle in college, like after college, there's like nothing else you can do except Olympics or maybe like 
UFC or WWE, but like if you want to stay like out of WWE, like UFC or in the Olympics are pretty much your only really options. But if you want to stick straight to wrestling, then it's just Olympics. So. Yeah, it got reinstated on October 8th, 2013. The IOC selected wrestling to be reinstated for the Olympic program in 2020 and 2024. So it's back. Gotcha. But I think the Olympic, the 2016 Olympics, it was didn't, gone. Gotcha. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to our next question comes from Reddit user Muzza underscore 44. He says, which wrestler do you wish was in the G1 that did not make it? Taichi. Um, for me... I mean, like, if we're just if we're naming new, I mean, maybe Cody. Yeah, I think that that's my answer. I, I was really hoping to see Cody. But if we're talking about guys that are there day in and day out that are like New Japan stars. Like, yeah, I would have liked to see probably Taichi. I the thing is, I don't know. If you bring Cody in, that's great. But how many how many losses is a Cody gonna eat? Right. You need a Taichi. You need a you need a guy to eat those losses. I mean, um, I'm not sure if he was on my wish list, but I mean, we, we've talked about him. Toa Hanare. Is Hanare like, is a guy that I could have definitely seen gone into. I it. mean, he would have been a perfect guy to eat eat pinfalls, take some L's, but he would be a guy that would be going out there and having bangers. Yeah, this would have been a really good opportunity for Toa Hanare. So I am, uh, my two guys are Hanare and, and Taichi. And I, I think Taichi was the guy that most. New Japan fans were surprised didn't make it in. Mm-hmm, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, there's been like a lot of kind of people on the internet who are big Tai Chi fans that are really upset about that. I wish I could say Chase <coughs> Owens, <laughs> but I don't know if he like is you know caliber right now booking wise to get into the G1. Maybe next year. Yeah. Just drop everybody in their heads. The package pile driver. Package pile driver. Everybody. Uh, next question comes from Reddit user. Why did you do that, bro? He <laughs> says, who should be Kenny's second challenger? Who should it be? Um, his second challenger. Right. And also... After, after Cody. At, right. And no, um, Ben asked us if we think that Naito is next. And we said yes. But outside of Naito, who do you think it should be? Well, it's, it's going to be at King of Pro Wrestling. So we know how they book. Whoever beats him in the tournament is going to have a good shot at headlining that show with him. So that that's what makes sense. One guy that springs to mind that's not really doing anything that I'd like to see him wrestle is Minoru Suzuki. Dude, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Do you remember last year? I don't know if you remember this. In the G One, so many people hated their match. Like so many people hated. Yeah, their Suzuki match. Omega match. Yeah. And I thought it was awesome. It was like the most divisive. Uh, that and obviously the Yano Omega match. <laughs> but those were like yeah. two of the most like divisive matches where people just hated the yeah. match. I really like the Suzuki match, and yeah. I, I want to see him run it back. Um, somebody, it's probably not going to happen because they're not in the same blocks. But um, Kenny's talked about this. I think Kenny versus Tanahashi. Oh yeah, for the title, but I don't know how they would be they'll pull that off. I don't know if I don't think it's the right time to do that match. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be too early for. That's why I think like I think Suzuki makes a lot of sense. Get a get a win under his belt. Get a guy that really can threaten him, who's had a fantastic year, who, who'd have a great match. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, they're probably gonna do Naito, but it's like, dang, that kind of feels like it sucks. Like Naito's gonna lose another big match this year. Yeah. This is like 
man, his whole like he's losing all the big <laughs> all the big matches this year. So like I'd kind of rather see Suzuki take that loss than Naito. Yeah, then you can also to accompany that you could run like a Bullet Club Suzuki Gun feud. You could have uh, Young Bucks defend against um, Killer Elite Squad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who's your pick for second challenger? Yeah. Like I said, I I would I would kind of want it to be Tanahashi, even though it would be too soon. Oh, that was your pick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just like adding to the to the music. No, the no, yeah, like I just, I just don't know how it would happen though. This there's there's no logical way to Their really. First match is really good. Yeah, yeah. There's even no, though even though he cheats a lot, Omega does. Like it's, that's a really yeah. good match. Yeah, there's no real way to like set that up. Yeah, there is. Someone comes out, points at the title, and now they're... I mean, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> traditional challenge, but obviously with the G1, yeah. there are people in the B block who are going right. to beat Omega that are going to get a title shot next. No, yeah, absolutely. But So, I mean, I think it's going to be Naito, honestly. Yeah. And, but Naito could win the G1. So, could. He could. Yeah. So, who knows? And then the final question comes from at TomGun555. He says, I got a question. Do you think Jay White will ever be the IWGP heavyweight champion within four years? Ooh, Jay White. You know what's funny when you first, because Jeremy read these questions and I, you know what I thought you said? Juice? Yep. Uh, I thought you said Juice and I was like, yeah, of course. I think he could definitely win the title in the next, you know, four or five years. You, um, Jay White, huh? I don't know. Um... I'm going to go with no. Yeah, man. The IWGP title is like the elite of the elite hold that title. Like, look how long it took Kenny Omega to get the title. Yeah, I mean, that that would be, like, really tough for me to see them putting the belt on Jay White. Now, it's four years. Anything could happen. I mean, he could get extremely better in the next four years. He's already really good. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't have the book. I don't have the pen. I can't see it. Um, Could he win it? Sure. But if I'm a, if I'm going to bet on the safe side, I'm going to bet on the probably not. Yeah. Because that seems the more likely of the two scenarios. And yeah, we'll we'll, we'll write this down in four years from now. We're still doing this show and we're making tons of money from it. (laughs) And we're on the like, New Japan like network. Yeah. Uh, we're on New Japan World. Yeah, they stream our show on New Japan World. Uh, with, yeah, on, on the English content section. Yeah, and, and we've gone totally corporate. They've watered everything down, and <laughs> we just say whatever we we just whore ourselves out. We just say whatever New Japan asks, whatever Harold Harold says to say. <laughs> we just will. Yeah. Then we'll we'll come back to this question and figure out if we were right or not. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks to you for sending those questions in. Again, you could always send us questions in on our Twitter at KI Strong Style in the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook, or you can shoot me an email, Jeremy at socialsuplex.com. A couple things before we get to the news. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this all in rumor. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I know last week we had a lot of like. We wanted to talk about this, so we forgot about it. Yeah. So, like, there's a rumor that was like going around on. Uh, well, it's not really a rumor, more of like. Uh, a reaction to some of the the press releases from Joe Coff um, regarding All In, and basically the allegation was that Cody and the Young Bucks didn't actually finance All In, and that it's being financed by, by Sinclair. By Sinclair, and then that thereby basically makes the whole thing fraudulent, and that we should all be 
super upset about that um, and, and demand our money back and boycott and not even want to be a part of it. Uh, Jeremy. <laughs> Dude, absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, yeah, you got to look at the context of the interview. They were talking about the excitement going on with the pro- wrestling product and the growth of Ring of Honor and just the growth of wrestling outside WWE and the fact that a non-WWE show was able to draw 10,000. And, I mean, it is there's top Ring of Honor guys, Young Bucks, Cody, um, Jay Lethal, they're on the show. So, of course, the C, you know, CEO is going to be talking about this stuff. And... Um, so that's making people think that Ring of Honor is financing this. I was like, no, they're not. Sure, are they helping? You know, letting them use a, a camera equipment and lighting. Yeah, but like the Bucks came out publicly during the press conference and thanked them and thanked them for giving them hookups with different things and different like media outlets. Yeah. And- but they, they're, they're like, but they they're not that. financing it. I mean, it this money's been coming straight out of Cody and the Young Bucks' pocket, and I'm sure um, you know Ring of Honor, those their their top guys. So of course they're going to work with them and help them out. A success for All In is going to be look good on Ring of Honor. Like yeah, that's that's our guys that did that show, and um, I started to see some video. I don't remember what it was, but they were talking about this, and they were like, you know, people think we are making so much money off this, and he's like, we'll be lucky if we break even. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like, these guys really... Like, here's the bottom line. Who's paying the wrestlers? Who's paying for the licensing? Who's paying for for, for the uh, permits? Who's buying the building? You know what I mean? Right. That's their money. And whatever the broadcasting they do. And whatever this broadcast is that they're... We haven't even talked about that yet, but yeah, the broadcasting. The thing is, is like, in the wrestling industry, wrestling companies borrow rings and equipment from other companies all the time, especially on the independent circuit. That's very normal. Yeah. Like, just because they didn't, like... I don't know, go out and build their own ring or something. You know what? They, they didn't build their own ring, so we should boycott the it's show. It's not even that anyone has said that. It's just... What people basically what people have done is they've taken that basically it was Joe Koff doing a media outlet and he was talking about them potentially running Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. and he was answering a question about whether or not they could fill up Madison Square Garden and then he said earlier this year we did our biggest house which was six thousand. Now take a look at what he says there. We mm-hmm. meaning Ring of Honor right. ran our biggest house. Then he says an outside comp group just sold 10,000 tickets in less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Somehow, somewhere, the, these people have taken that to say that we paid right. for this company. All in is our show. All in is our show. It's, and a, we it's, a, it's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. He never said that. Right. What he is doing is he's talking about examples of the industry and the hotness of wrestling in general right. outside of WWE. And yes, they are affiliated with the show. So there, that's part of it. But he did not say we paid for it or even allege that that was their show. And for anyone to like, t- it's just asinine for someone to take that and be like, they didn't pay for it. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? They, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where are you getting that from? Like, show me a fact. That's another thing. You don't see anyone re- who's reputable reporting that. Right. And I mean, look at the kind of crazy stuff that reporters on like these different websites will report. They'll report almost anything. Anything, yeah. This is something that no one, no one's even reporting. Right. But I mean, like the most credible like 
Dave Meltzer, Wade Keller. Um, they haven't mentioned it. Yeah. It's not even something that they brought up. The only reason we're addressing it is just because I've heard the rumor spread. It's kind of died down And, and it's kind of came into our circle, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody brought it up, and so yeah, we, was, were, we went to talk about it last week, but we forgot. But, but it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, who cares if they got help? Like, these, right. these dudes put their reputations on the line. They put their money on, on the line. They're the ones who are paying for this crap. Like, you know, and then... I don't know. I just don't get why people root against this. I, I don't know, man. This, there's like this warfare with wrestling fans. It's like you have to be either pro WWE or you have to be anti WWE. Like you, if you if you support All In, you can't like WWE. If you like WWE, you can't like All In. And that's not the case. Like you can like both. You don't have to hate one and not like the other. And if it's your preference not to watch WWE, that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to that you know, you hate the or well, maybe you do hate the product, but it doesn't mean I just I just don't get why A how anyone could take those statements and spin a tale where basically that all in is really a Ring of Honor show, and right. really Ring of Honor is the one who's making money off of it, and that these guys are are, are, are just uh, you know wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. Like that's not even why would lot, why would Ring logical. of Honor do that? If Ring of Honor was going to do a big show like this, wouldn't they just come out straight front and say this is a Ring of Honor show? We're putting it on Honor Club. It's yep. going to be a big pay per view. We're gonna it's going to be all Ring of Honor talent. Maybe some New Japan guys, they always do that. There, there are but, people who, there are conspiracy theorists out there who literally think that they had to use a gimmick to try to, because they, I think it's basically they just don't want to believe that wrestling outside of WWE is right. as hot as it is. And I mean, you look at some of the guys on this card outside of the Ring of Honor New Japan guys, like Pentagon and Phoenix, like you're not going to normally see those guys in Ring of Honor, MJF, you know. Joey Janela. Yeah, Joey Janela. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, you're not going to see them in Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor is not going to bring those guys in. Yeah, I just, I think it's stupid, but I just felt like we should probably address it. But the bottom line is, if you have any common sense, and I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to be antagonistical, but if you have common sense, like, you'll realize, like, this is the dumbest, th- like, if, if you're on, if you find yourself on that side, just do some fact checking, do some research. Use some common sense and realize that these dudes paid for this out of their own money and they accomplished something that's like incredible. Yeah. And if you're against it, like, why are you even a wrestling fan? Like, what do you, you know, what do you stand for? That's stupid. It's dumb. But anyway, all I know is we'll be there in Chicago enjoying all in live. So, yeah, we are. We're going to be there. That's crazy. Um, Do you want to talk about the uh, G1 card that just came out? Yeah, the G1 special in the USA. Um, Which, like, I think it just literally dropped right after we recorded last week. Yeah, it did. So the the full card for the G1 special in USA is now out, which is, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I got it pulled up here. So the main event, IWGP heavyweight champion Kenny Omega defending against uh, American Nightmare Cody. I see that they're calling it G1 Special in San Francisco. Is that the official name? I thought it was G1 Special in USA. Yeah, it's G1 Special in San Francisco. I've been calling it in USA all week. Well, that's what it was called last year. I've been calling it in USA also. I'm just going to call it the Cow Palace Show. It's the Cow Palace Show. Um, so yeah, so the main event, IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega defending against the American Nightmare Cody, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Jay White defending against Juice Robinson, 
IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Hiromu Takahashi defending against Dragon Lee. Uh, Okada and Will Ospreay will be taking on the team of Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. That will probably be very good. Yeah. The IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, will be defending against Evil and Sonata. The Never Openweight Champion Hiroki Goto will be defending against Jeff Cobb. Hiroshi Tanahashi will be teaming up against Kushida to take on Hangman Page and Marty Skrull. Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano will be taking on Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. And the opener will have Yoshihashi Ghetto, Rocky Romero, Sho and Yo taking on King Haku, <laughs> Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Bro, King Haku. That's awesome. Dude, we're all gonna get to see Haku, King Haku live here in uh, in August. Bro, he's about to be here. That's what I just said. Like in Tampa, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're gonna get to see him here, here, like in Tampa, here. Yeah, at the, live at the cigar o- show. Yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna get him to chop me. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so that's the card. We'll, we're gonna discuss it more next week. But the one thing I wanted to point out, you know, Cody's about to, like, this Friday, challenge for the Ring of Honor title. Mm-hmm. If he wins the belt again. Like right before the show, that'll be the second year in a row where he's done that, and then it'll be the second year where he's headlined the show against the IWGP champion as the Ring of Honor champion. Do you think that makes it more, excuse me, more likely for him to win that title? To win the IWGP title? No, the Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor title. Or do you think it's, or do you think it's too, too obvious, and they won't do that again because they already did that last year? Uh, I don't know because I mean, there's also the whole thing about. With uh, the NWA title match, right? So it's like I'm still holding out hope that they're not doing that match. Uh, well, we'll see. But I mean, as of right now, it's him and Flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I mean, the only thing I want to—I mean, personally, I want Marty to win the Ring of Honor World Title. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I, I would love that. But I, I could see Cody doing that. Then you have this big champion versus champion match here. You have the champion versus champion match at all in. And you just kind of ride the popularity that Cody has. Um, and again, we'll discuss this next week. But the quick question. You think they're selling out with this card? I don't. I don't either. Um, what do you think? Don't do you get think? me wrong. This is a very good card. It's a strong card. But it's not a sellout 10,000 seat arena card. Not two weeks before. Yeah. Not two weeks before the, the show is going to come out at this point. And, uh, With all the people that would have had to travel to even see this. Plus, like, I don't know. As, as a fan, yeah, I would want to see this. But yeah. would I travel across the country to see this? Uh, we're both like, uh, yeah. When I can uh, watch it, like, right on TV. Right. I don't, I don't know, man. So, I haven't heard, seen any updates on what the current attendance is. Where were they at before? It was like five, four or five. five yeah, I think five thousand was the last number I saw. I'm gonna uh, say that they sell, they cap out around like seven. That's what I was gonna say. Really? Yeah, seven. That's what I think. It'll May, be. Maybe seventy five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. Also, so the G one. Um, the knights kind of came out. Not all, not everything, but uh, like some of the biggest matches that came out, and some of them are freaking doozies, man. Well, actually, the yeah, the whole 
tournament schedule is out. The whole tournament schedule is out now. Yeah. No, it was out that night. I mean, on on the slideshow, they announced, like, the top two main events. Gotcha. But... Uh, do we every- want to hold off to talk about that, or what do we want to do here? Your call. Um, I mean, we're going to be talking about G1 a lot um, in the next coming weeks leading up to it. So, I mean, we could hold off. Yeah, if you guys want to check it out, it's online. Every single match for the whole tournament, the nights, the different arenas. So, you know, check it out. It, there's people talking about it all over the internet. So, yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. Um, and that's going to bring us into the news. We ready for some news? Yep. So, today is June 25th, 2018. We are t- 42 years removed from the anniversary of one of the first ever mixed martial arts fights that happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Antonio Inoki versus the greatest, one of the greatest boxers of all time, Muhammad Ali. Um, what are your thoughts on that match, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen like uh, highlights of that match. I've watched uh, it. And I know you've told me it's like horrible. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's significant, very significant, historically speaking. Yeah. Um, but man, it's rough. I watched the whole thing, bro. <laughs> 15 rounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Crazy, crazy, crazy. If you guys want to do some research on uh, New Japan, the history of New Japan, the history of boxing, history of freak show fights, history of MMA, uh, look up Inoki Ali. But we are 42 years removed from that, which is crazy. Um, in other New Japan news, so um, Kota Ibushi's uh, Budokan ban is officially lifted. Yeah. I know that we talked about this. We speculated like way in advance when we knew that the G1 final, the last few nights would be happening in Budokan. We were like, dude, does that mean Ibushi can't be in? Like, are they going to lift the ban? And yeah, and he talked about like that the ban is now lifted. He know like for he knows for a fact, right? Because the whole thing was he was told that I think we talked. About, did we talk about this last week? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he was told that. Um, That'll be the last time that they would be in Budokan and they wouldn't be back. So he was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it since it's yeah. the last time. But it wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> and he got banned. But they're they're bringing him back. He actually had some more G1 comments, but the, the one thing I thought was really interesting was when he just basically said, like, he's got to wrestle Kenny. Yeah. On the last night. I have to wrestle him. <laughs> I have to wrestle him, yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, in other Golden Lover news, there is a Golden Lover CD coming out July 11th. Um, it has their Golden Lover uh, theme song as well as their individual theme songs, and then I think like special versions of their theme of each of their theme songs. Uh, it's coming out July 11th. Uh, you you gonna pick that up, Jeremy? Uh, I, I, lo- I love me the the Kenny. I love Kenny's theme. I love Abushi's theme too. I feel like there's something wrong with my ears because when the Golden Lovers theme is playing, there I feel like I'm missing half the song. Like I don't hear it. Like it sounds weird to me. Like like it's on a weird. Like, like it sounds really low sometimes. Yeah, it's right? really low, and like yeah. I'm not hearing it. And I'm like, am I missing something? <laughs> Is everyone else hearing this? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, also, so the G1 special in San Francisco, there is a meet and greet that will be taking place on July 6th with a press conference. The press conference will be free to those who can get in first come first serve. Mm-hmm. However, they are selling tickets to the meet and greet. Those tickets went on sale on July 6th, or I'm sorry, June 22nd. They're on sale now. I don't know how many they have. With the, I think it's like $100. You get in, you get everything. So check that out. Uh, if you're in the San Francisco area, you may want to be one of the meet and greet marks. <laughs> um, the G1 finals uh, sold out in 18 minutes. Yeah, dude, that is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. So just in a banner year for New Japan, they just sell out after sell out. It's crazy. Um, 
Did you see the tweets from Bad Luck Fale? Yeah, he says something like, do you think it's time for like another Australian tour? Yeah, it leads me to believe they might be going back to Australia. So. Yeah, I mean, they got to help out uh, Bullet Club member uh, Gino Gambino, man. We got to get Chris Bryan on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's pretty cool. Um, also, recently, there was a, a video that came out. At first, I thought it was a New Japan video, but I think it might have just been fan-made. But it was on Reddit, um, and it had every G1 winner in history. Uh, I checked it out. I thought it was pretty cool. So if you've never you know, seen that, you want to catch up on G1 history, check that video out. It's on, on Reddit now. Um, also, Strong Style Evolved UK, which is that going on tonight? Uh, no, the first night is June 30th. Okay, okay, so we got time. So um, th- those shows are actually going to be on Video On Demand on the New Japan website, which we weren't sure, and they're saying it is now, which is awesome. And Kevin Kelly is going to be doing commentary for every show. Awesome. I wonder um, how quickly they'll be on there. I'm like, I'm going to stop announcing Kevin Kelly doing uh, translations <laughs> like as even news because he's doing everything this yeah. year. It's crazy. Um, also, the CEO show, which is coming up this Friday, which me and Jeremy will be in attendance. And Rich and James will be there, is too. Is James going? Yeah. Got, James Boy's going? Got confirmation. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be like WrestleMania weekend all over uh, again. Dude, I'm looking forward to it. Mr. ACP, if you're listening, and I know you are, we will be going out afterwards. We'll, we'll be in the red. Yeah. Oh, we're wearing the red? I think we should. Oh, breaking it down on it. <laughs> Especially if we get a, the opportunity to meet our good friend uh, Rocky Romero before have, the show. Have you hit him up this week? No, I'm going to hit him up probably after this. Okay. Yeah. So um, at the CEO show, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World is going to be having New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling content and different stuff like shown as a presentation as part of uh, that show. So you definitely want to check it out. Um, as Jeremy talked about earlier, um, the free match of the week is Hansen versus Fader from Super Fight in Tokyo in 1990. The infamous match where... Uh, Stan Hansen knocks Vader's eye out of his socket and he has to stick it back in his head. Um, great, great, great match. You definitely want to check that out. Other New Japan news. Desperado was calling out the Motor City Machine Guns. We actually had some questions about this, Jeremy, because we weren't sure if that was recent or... Yeah, because I, re- I remember seeing this on Twitter after they beat Rapungi 3K about him. He mentioned something about... The- the Motor City Machine Guns, like asking, like where are they or something like that. And but I've been seeing people like I've been seeing it resurface this week, so I don't know if he mentioned it again. I guess but, no one told him about Alex Shelley. Yeah, Shelley's hurt, so there will be no. Are you sure you remember that? You sure it's not like a Mandela effect, dude? I know. I'm pretty sure. Like I saw posts. It was like post. It was after they beat Rapunzel 3K. Do you know? Do you know what the uh, Mandela effect is? Uh, isn't that it's like when you remember something that never actually yeah, happened. Yeah, Maybe that's what this is. <laughs> Maybe. Um, also, I just... It's not really news. I just... I gotta know. If, if someone's out there listening and they've seen this, please, please, please bring some context to my life. I saw this video recently on New Japan where it was Kota Ibushi do, having a sumo wrestling match with some other dude. and But it was like a comedy match, and they were like spanking each other. And at one point, he pulled the dude's like sash off entirely. It was like some, one of those weird things you would only see on Japanese television. Those, those weird Kota Ibushi moments. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those weird Kota Ibushi-like matches. Um, I don't understand what it is. I watched it. I did not know what I was watching. If anyone out there knows, please... 
bring some clarity in my life and let me know what the heck Kodobushi <laughs> is doing. My God. Um, we have other news so outside of New Japan. Um, so we talked last week about Ring of Honor planning a show at Madison Square Garden. And it has officially come out that WWE blocked it. Like we thought, we heard rumors that they're going to try to block it, mm-hmm. and they did. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, you know, we thought we, we we mentioned, but I didn't think it would happen. Like it just it happened like that. Because we talked about like the relationship between Madison Square Garden and WWE hasn't been as strong as it used to be. Well, they have an option. From what I understand, I could be wrong, but from what I read, they have an option in there. They they don't have exclusive rights to Madison Square Garden, but they have the option to cancel any other wrestling booking Mm. that they attempt to make. So they have like first come, first serve rights. Um, From what I understand, Ring of Honor is very, very, very upset. They're planning to... They're looking take, into legal. Take, looking into legal action, especially since they did not seek out Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden actually sought them out to ask them to do a show. And I think it was to get the attention of WWE. Ultimately, I think what this comes down to, WWE... Like, last week we talked about and I was I had kind of speculated. I said, why would WWE care about them running, like, a show when WWE is, like, a worldwide product? But then um, it kind of dawned on me, and people were talking about this, like... The idea that someone could come in and fill out arenas, right? When, come in, come in like Vince's backyard and fill up his arena. His arena, but not even just his arena. Just the fact that they're filling out arenas, right. another company that doesn't look good. Right. That's the kind of stuff that gets WWE's attention. So that was something that, like, I don't even know if they would have even sold out Madison Square Garden. Right. We, we have, have no our, idea. We have no idea. I mean, that was going to be for WrestleMania weekend coming up. Next year, I mean, we have no idea who will still be in Ring of Honor at that time, what the card could possibly look like. So, but yeah, uh, so Ring of Honor is not holding a show at Madison Square Garden. I think mm-hmm. we're going to Mania weekend next week or next year. So I'm a little kind of like, I don't know. That kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, so um, Chris Jericho is rocking uh, wrestling rager at sea. They're having the Sea of Honor tournament that we've kind of talked about. And the official um, brackets have come out for this. Um, I wish I would have pulled it up. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to like find it, too. Um, I think I got it. Got it? Yeah. So the brackets are going to be basically Jay Lethal taking on BJ Whitmer, Christopher Daniels taking on uh, Delirious, Marty Skrull taking on Rhett Titus, Silas Young taking on Flip Gordon in the A block and then in the B block, like it's New Japan, (laughs) Uh, Mark Briscoe and Will Ferreira, Adam Page versus Kazarian, Cheeseburger versus Beer City Bruiser, and Jay Briscoe versus Kenny King. Um what are your thoughts? Anything out that in, in that entire thing stick out to you? Anything um, interesting? No Cody, no Young Bucks. So obviously there will be in some other kind of match. Um, the only match here that kind of like in the first round, maybe like Kazarian and Adam Page. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. N- n- nothing else. Re- I mean, I guess uh, if you... I think um, a second round potential of Marty and Flip. Yeah, Marty and Flip would be good. Um, Jay Lethal and Christopher Daniels would probably be very, very good. Uh, yeah. I think, like, maybe a Jay Lethal-Marty Skrull rematch would... Their, for, their match earlier this year was great. Um, Mark Briscoe against, like, Adam Page or Kazarian would be good. be okay. Yeah. Probably end up with Beer City Bruiser against like uh, Kenny King or Jay Briscoe. 
I mean, maybe if you get Mark and Jay Briscoe in the B block finals, Marty and uh, Jay Lethal in the A block, and then you get like, if you get Jay Le- Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe, then that probably be a really good tournament. Oh yeah, but I don't know, I don't know. So yeah, but yeah, uh, the Sea of Honor tournament matches are out. Um, in other shocking news, and this is something that really, 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 really was shocking to me. WWE is having a working agreement officially with Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah, we don't know exactly what all the details are in that relationship. I know the main thing is it's going to see Hideo Itami, excuse me, Hideo Itami going back to wrestle a match at Noah, but we don't know if that's the only part of the deal or if this is going to be. Um, well, the the official word is that they have a partnership. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think we know like the full extent of what that means, but um, yeah, Noah and WWE have a, a working relationship now. And you know, a lot of people who have been asking like, what does that mean for New Japan? Like, how is that going to affect the Japanese wrestling landscape? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, historically speaking, Japan is one of the most notoriously hard to penetrate like markets when it comes to outside companies trying to come into the market space whether it was you know like when the UFC tried to bring pride back or you know just anytime outsiders try to come in because of the way that their culture is I think WWE has struggled for years and years and years to try to break into the Japanese market you know like WWE is not viewed in Japan the way it is in say like Europe Right. Or even, say, Mexico. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, like they know what it is. They're aware of it. But look at the numbers. Every time WWE goes to, New J- or goes to Japan, it's not like they're killing it. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, guys that, you know, are aspiring to be wrestlers are, are dreaming right. to like go to, to, the, to WWE. WWE. Yeah. It's really not their goal. Um, so with that being said, I think WWE has been – dreaming of a way to get a foothold in this country and I think that this partnership might be what they're thinking of possibly doing that's my thinking Um, you know we don't have the full details yet on the agreement but this is the first time in decades that WWE has worked with any Japanese promotion like it's kind of crazy Uh, Atami is going back for a show on August 29th um, it's going to they also have a 20th anniversary show on September 1st which will celebrate Marafuji's 20 years in the business so um, you know him and him and Marafuji feuded for years so I wouldn't be surprised to see him also pop up on that show yeah um, and basically Hisami who is a Twitter user who provides no updates in English thinks that this is just a one-off deal with Atami and and not really a working agreement with Noah uh, since Noah does have a working agreement with Impact. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that we've been seeing more and more signs that Impact and New Japan may may have something going on. So I'm starting to – I am questioning whether that is the, fa- the case. Yeah, Noah could be souring on Impact or Impact souring on Noah either way. And so Noah is going with WWE – and could this be the seeds planted for NXT Japan? I mean, well, you know, they have plans to do that. Like they haven't been shy about it. That's what right. they want to do. I mean, Triple H's whole goal is to make he wants to make NXT the global brand. We saw um, this week the UK um, tour. Uh, excuse me, the second UK tournament was happening on the network, and they announced 
the NXT UK brand is going to have its own. Well, they already have their own champion, Pete Dunne, but they're going to introduce their own tag titles and women's division. So they're creating this whole this whole separate um, you know territory, pretty much doing a territory system. And so, I mean, the next step, if they get a foothold in Japan, you know, NXT Japan. They also mentioned that. Um you know, we talked about the statements last week from Triple H where he mentioned working with outside companies. And he said they're a blank slate. They could work with anybody, including New Japan. Well, they asked him about New Japan. He didn't mention them by name, but he right. said they could work with anybody. And like, maybe, I'm sure he knew about this thing with Noah. I mean, they think about this, too. Like, uh, TMDK, Mighty Don't Kneel. Yeah. You know, they that's a tag team that made their name in Noah. They, they could easily go back and, and make an appearance for that company and make a have a huge impression right so i am very much of the of the opinion i could be wrong but i think that they're trying if they don't have a working relationship they want one yeah it's just crazy like you think about it it's like the company that baba founded which spiritually was like succeeded by noah is like in 2018 like about to enter a working relationship with wwe like that's crazy yeah it's like a weird thought <laughs> um so yeah, I think I hope it's I kinda hope it's not true, to be honest with you. Like that I would I don't I don't know if they could succeed in Japan, but I mean the idea of Vince McMahon coming to Japan really worries me. <laughs> it really, really does. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like that's just me being realistic. It really does. Yeah. So I don't know. Um it's official. All in is being broadcast. Yeah. Um I believe it was Cody who said in the interview. Well, I thought well, I saw that Nick and Matt Jackson or one of one of the two young bucks uh tweeted it out. Yeah, it might have been a young buck I'm getting confused, or which I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, that, they yeah. tweeted it out. It was it, you know that it's official. We don't know all the details yet, but they will be doing all in broadcast. So if you're not gonna be there, you can still be all in, which is awesome. Yeah. Um Juice Robinson did an interview earlier this week on on Uprux, talking about what he learned from Dusty, talking about which WWE stars he think could make it in New Japan, talking about whether he ever wanted to go back to WWE. I thought the interesting thing was that he said he never wants to leave New Japan and that he plans to work there the rest of his life. And when he's done, he plans to train in the dojo. That's great. I mean... Juice has had a, like a career renaissance since leaving NXT and going to New Japan, and this guy's a star, man. You, you see the promos he cuts backstage; you can tell that he was working with Dusty on his promos. And people, he's been getting a lot of praise about his promos yeah. recently. He's been on fire, and he's his matches are getting better and better. He's getting better at telling stories. He's getting more over. Like I can't blame him for not wanting to, to to not go back to WWE. Um, also, the Young Bucks were featured in Sports Illustrated this past week. They did a really great uh, write-up on them. Um, you know, they, they're kind of a favorite of Sports Illustrated. They've covered them a few times this year. But talking about the storyline with uh, Kenny and Kenny's match in the Tokyo Dome, if you're Young Bucks fans, you definitely want to check that out. Also, Kenny Omega's been making the rounds this week. He was on X-Pac show. Yeah, and on Wrestling Observer Radio. Yeah, I caught both of those interviews, and uh, both very good. A lot of talking about the seven star match at Dominion, 
and just upcoming stuff with uh, G1 and the CEO show. I listened to the Wrestling Observer Radio sh- uh, episode. A lot of great things he talked about. Uh, he was balking up to be the, the powerhouse House of, of the Golden Lovers. Yeah, but then... <laughs> Which I think is a ridiculous <laughs> idea. Um, you know different stuff with his ideas what they were planning to his insights to the match with uh okada that was a great part of the, the yeah. episode um definitely check those out i also heard with like xbox xbox show he was talking about the upcoming match with kotobushi and how they didn't want to do it right so really good really really good stuff also the golden lovers uh have an interview that just came out via world pro wrestling returns which is essentially the show from axis uh, but it's on the new japan website you can find it really really good stuff uh kind of furthering their story i think they're going to be like the highlight of g1 this year that whole storyline between, yeah. between them um, also, there was a video that came out this week for Cody Presents the Bullet Club. Yes, I saw this video. And it was pretty much um, Cody introduced all the Bullet Club members that have a match at the G1 in San Francisco. <laughs> That's and, a funny idea. And um, all of them are kind of like cutting promos. So, like, it went to like Marty Skrull talking about the tag match, Hangman Page talking about the tag match, Young Bucks talking about Evil and Sonata. Um, it cuts to Tamatanga and Tangaloa. They introduce Haku and talk about that match. And then Tamatonga goes off on this rant. He's like, Kenny and Cody uh, fighting again for the leadership of the Bullet Club. We all know I'm the... And then he like cuts off and Cody's like, thank you, Tama, for your words. <laughs> you know, I'm going to choose to believe that's not even kayfabe. Like, he really said that and thought that they would air it. And then they really cut off. <laughs> um, also, last thing with interviews. So Y2J was interviewed by Winnipeg free press this past week and he was quoted as saying that he thought that new japan is right on the heels of wwe yeah that's something he said not not my words his words he talked about uh you know the business ramifications of having two champions from winnipeg win titles in new japan really cool stuff um last couple bits of news so uh big cast a guy you might have heard of him he's from wwe he was just recently fired all over the news um i heard a rumor I don't know if it was from Twitter or where this was from, but saying that he is, now that he's on the, um, I guess the independence because he's fired, that he was trying to make a play to like join the Bullet Club. Uh, I didn't see that. I saw a Photoshop picture of him in a Bullet Club shirt being shared a lot. I, I people just joking, but I is don't. It, is it just a joke? Because I heard that he wanted to be part of the Bullet Club. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, may, maybe I mean, I've I've only seen just the Photoshop picture and people like joking. Like obviously that will never happen, right? But I just thought it was funny to yeah. bring it up. <laughs> um, in other WWE news, so uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's um, like contract is like coming up like in the near future apparently mm. uh, there's speculation whether he will resign with the company or potentially return back to New Japan um, from what I from what Dave Meltzer said it's not likely that he will come back to New Japan but with everything that's happened it's possible yeah so that's something to keep your eyes on hopefully he does um, also Josh Barnett who is a former IWGP champion or not champion but champion challenger um, headlined the Tokyo Dome he's a New Japan um, obviously English commentator English for commentator. the access team yeah just released by the UFC 
even though he was suspended, he was suspended for like over a year uh, due to steroids. And then yeah. he actually beat the case and was the first person to prove to USADA that it was not due to illegal use. They uh, re- reinstated him, but the US, the UFC still cut him, um, which may not be a bad thing because prior to signing with the UFC, he was doing all sorts of other projects, including pro wrestling, um, including uh, catch wrestling like Metamorris and stuff like that. So who knows? Josh Barnett seems to really love the the product. Maybe we will, you know, maybe he'll show up in an IGF show. Maybe he'll show up in a New Japan show. Yeah. I don't know. Um, also, Cody uh, recently had some comments during their press conference for the G1 special in San Francisco. And he said basically that um, it's time for New Japan to nut up and basically run a major tour next time they come to, to the U.S. where they need to run all the major markets in North America and just see how hot this product really is. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Like, after uh, the G1 uh, special in San Francisco, they don't need to come back here for a while. Yeah. And then when they come back, they should do a big tour. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how viable that is, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Just hit all the major markets. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, Hangman Page was wrestling in a match this past week in Australia with Austin Aries for the Impact title. Think about how weird that is. Yeah. Um, and both of, both of them got huge gashes over their eyelids and had to get stitches. So I don't know. I haven't heard anything else about the match. Just the report that both guys got busted open hard way, basically. Yeah. So I saw the, I saw the pick of Hangman on Twitter. He, re- really weird idea. Like Hangman wrestling for the Impact title. Yeah. That's another thing where people are like, well, Impact's got a thing with Noah. I'm like, well, doing a lot of stuff with New Japan guys. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Young Bucks, we talked about this uh, earlier in the year. They have their children's book. It will be yeah. dropping in mid-August. I saw the cover for that. Yeah. I'm thinking about picking that up for my kids. <laughs> the ones I don't have yet. But like you Your know, future kids. My future kids. Because, I mean, they're only going to make one book ever. Like. They need to have a young bug book. Like, yeah, like by the time I have kids, like the young bucks won't even be a thing. And I'm like, read this book, <laughs> Dad. Who are these guys? Um, but if you have kids, this might be something you want to pick up. I don't know. Um, the first 400 uh, purchases will get uh, autographed, signature, signed versions of the book. Nice. Um, also, the Honor United tour. Um, they have now uploaded videos to New Japan World Video on Demand. So if you missed Honor United matches with New Japan guys and you have a New Japan subscription, have at it. I didn't really watch those shows, but and I didn't hear anything great about them, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about being the elite. So, yeah. Uh, Alibi, epi- the new episode. Yeah, dropped uh, yesterday. Um, so kind of the key things here. Um, we see Matt and Nick trying to get pumped up for their their uh, title match against Evil and Sonata. They hired two of the best personal trainers they could find to get them helping with the workout. So they had that little funny skit. Um, this was kind of like not really a story forwarding episode. I think it was just something they needed. It was, it was like a filler. It was like a filler episode. They did a lot of funny bits. Yeah. Uh, Jay Lethal and um, the Jay Lethal Br- stuff and, uh, is killing me. Every British week. Bulldog thing that was hilarious. He's like, "Hey, Bulldog!" He's like, "Davy, how's it going? <laughs> like, what happened to your hair? You used to have the braids. I love the braids <laughs> with the beat." <laughs> um, uh, I also really liked. Uh, well, at the end of the episode, basically the skit with uh, Hangman Page and Hurricane. Yeah. Um, 
and then at the very, very, very end, the only thing that really forwarded stories basically was at the very end of the episode where uh, we'd seen the the I don't know what the word is, but the typing from an earlier episode where someone said, "I have reason to believe that the person in this video is uh, Stephen, Stephen Amell. Amell," and then it was Christopher Daniels who was the one who was really typing this. So yeah, Fallen Angel. I don't know what that you know. Fallen Angel was supposed to be uh, the higher power, you know? Yeah, I know. So, what if... It's him. Yeah. It's, it was him all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, what What if that... What's, what if they're doing that? What if they're doing like, their own, like, higher power thing and, like, <laughs> it comes out to the end and it's like, it was me. It was me all along. Christopher Daniels. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. And then uh, the last bit of news before we go, we're going to talk a little bit about CMLL. So, um, earlier this week, it came out that CMLL is now being we're now allowed to watch it in the states on New Japan World. Yeah. It's always been available whether you guys know it or not on uh YouTube. YouTube weekly and then also on their Facebook page so you can stream this for free but it's always been kind of annoying that I have this New Japan subscription and they air this thing every Friday and I cannot watch it. Yeah. And for whatever reason the the laws changed or whatever it was and we can now watch CMLL. We can get into this uh LA Park and Roosh rivalry. Yeah, guys. So there is a crazy... I mean, we've already talked about this rivalry, and I told you guys how crazy their matches are. Well, they had a, another one of their crazy matches, but they're typically having their crazy matches in, in like, Crash and Independence, smaller companies that are kind of used to their garbage wrestling. They don't do that in Arena Mexico. <laughs> so, like, they had they had a, a fight this past Friday night. I haven't seen it yet, but from all the reports, it's everything that you'd expect it to be from these two guys. Um, that What, they went to... It was two out of three falls? Yeah. DQ. The first two falls were uh, disqualifications. Last fall was a uh, double count out. Yeah. So, and the funny thing is, like, in, in times past, if you did a finish like that in Arena Mexico, you'd get basically a riot and but the people are so enthralled by the idea of the fight that they're they're all about it and then at the end of it Laparca basically challenged him to another lucha de apuestas uh match so we're we're building to that yeah and it it's one of those things where it's like you got one of the most protected masks in the history of the sport versus one of the most protected hair like like Roosh has defended that his hair numerous times and he's taken very famous masks in Mexico. So it's like this literally is going to be one of the all time biggest cards in Mexican history. Yeah. Which like I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So um, that's going to do it for me for the news. Uh, one last thing. Uh-oh. Um, bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> Ring of Honor best in the world. Oh, yeah. You it, told me about this, and I didn't write it down because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> best in the world is on Friday, June 29th from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, the main event, the ROH World Champion Dalton Castle defends against Cody and Marty Scurll in a triple threat match. Uh, the ROH Tag Champs of Briscoes will be defending against the Young Bucks. Uh, the ROH television champion Punishment Martinez will be defending against Hangman Page in a Baltimore street fight. The ROH six-man tag champs The Kingdom will be defending against Sonata, Evil, and Bushi. There's going to be Jay Lethal versus Kushida, Austin Aries versus Kenny King, Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon, and a eight-woman tag with Sumi Sakai, uh, Mayu Awitani, 
Danielle Dashwood and Jenny Rose against Kelly Klein, Azuki Kagutsuka, and Hane Kimura. I'm not sure if I'm saying those names correctly. You're not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but yeah. So that's Ring of Honor, best in the world. We will be catching that on delay because we'll be at CEO. We're going to be at the CEO show. We're going to bring you guys the Titus report. Yep, I said Titus because <laughs> it's mad tight. Um, and it's right. But we're going to we're going to give you guys a report on that, you know. And the show is awesome, man. We got to shout out freaking Super Jcast. We got to talk about Vader. We got to talk about Kazuna Road. Like we did the news. Man, we, we did it all. Yeah, we great. did it all, man. Boom, great stuff. And so, yeah, next week we'll be back with the CEO coverage, uh, more previewing of the G1 special in San Francisco and uh, G1 Climax. And I just want to uh, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. Uh, our parent brand, Social Suplex, at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash social suplex. We're also on uh, our Facebook group, the Wrestling Squared Circle, facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Make sure you check out all our other shows on the network. We have One Nation Radio and One Nation Live hosted by Rich Latta, who just put out the hilarious Alexa Bliss rant on his YouTube channel. Make sure you uh, check that out. Also, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the boys from Scotland. We have our independent wrestling podcast, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by uh, Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. And the Outsider's Edge, hosted by Rance Morris and Carl Urban. So check out all those shows, subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! ACP hit us up this week. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Next time.